You're listening to The Next Dimension. DBZ presents Bobbity the Warlock, The Evil Masters, and Battle Royale. 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 Hello and welcome to the month of April. You're listening to The Next Dimension. I'm Jesse Garrett and with me is my co-host, Donovan Morgan Grant. Hola, how are you doing today, Jesse? I am well, uh, having a, a nice April summery day. Well, I guess spring day. Is it, uh, has it started heating up around uh, Georgia where you are? Sometimes, yes. It's uh, it's nice today. Yesterday it was rainy. Before that it was nice. So it's slowly getting there. Yeah, it's it's been kind of up and it's it's been generally getting warmer around here in Tennessee. But uh, like the other day was was kind of cool. But today it's pretty warm, so, which I like. I'm I'm a I'm a warm blooded soul. So uh, are we really talking about the weather? Don't we have much more important things to talk about, like Dragon Ball? <laughs> that remains to be seen. <laughs> uh, so, reading good books lately? Nah. Um, uh, hope you guys enjoyed uh, our earlier April Fool's episode. If you didn't, well, this is what you've all been waiting for, hopefully. Um, although, I, would, uh, I, I, had, I actually had a lot of fun uh, recording and editing that, so hopefully people out there enjoyed it. And we have at least one or two emails uh, regarding that. But yes, this is episode 28 for TND. We cover the continuation of the Blue Saga and the end of the tournament, quote unquote. We shall see. Um, but before then, we do have actually, we actually there actually is a, a, a decent bit of news. And I'm sure everyone out there in the Dragon Ball fandom, yes, you know exactly what we are talking about. Uh, before we get on to the official news, there's some personal news uh, between the two of us. First, first off, and I'll just like, I briefly mention this on the Facebook page, but uh, in between last month of March and now, I have, my, my brother, between my brother and myself, we have collected the entirety of the entire Dragon Ball series in manga formats. We've had we've had most of the uh, DBC manga volumes, and we had a few Dragon Ball mo- volumes. But um, somewhere along the line, my brother really got into collecting all of them, and he went on a he went he would to went to visit friends in another city and found a bookstore and got some. And then we just started like searching them in the last few weeks. And last weekend, we found the last three volumes that we needed to complete our set. So we have the all 16 volumes of Dragon Ball and all 26 volumes of DBZ for the entire 42 original series, which is pretty pretty cool. I've never actually sat down and read all of them from beginning to end, obviously because I've never owned them. But uh, it's um, it'll, it'll make the uh, episode and manga uh, schedules go by a bit easier. But that is all about that. Uh, more pertinent to Jesse. Jesse has ventured out into a new podcast. Uh, Jesse, would you like to tell them exactly? What you've sunk your fingers into this time? I am a panelist on the Spectacular Radio podcast, which covers the Spectacular Spider-Man animated series from, I believe, 2008, 2009? I think it was. Uh, I'm, I'm one of four panelists, and we give our thoughts and opinions on the episodes, and we also get some info from Greg Wiseman, the showrunner for the show. So I think the first two episodes are out, and 
the next oh, yes. should be coming out relatively soon. I believe we're recording soon. So it's a blast so far, and I've never seen the show before. So once again, I'm kind of in the same boat I was with Dragon Ball, which I guess I'm that guy now. I'm the go-to guy for you know virgin territory, so to say. Yes, there's a joke to be made there. <laughs> um, but but I mean, you are. I mean, obviously, uh, through our mutual uh, community, you are a Spider-Man fan. Um, did you just never get around to watching Spec Webs before, or Spec Spider before? It was it interested me, but I yeah, I just never got around to it. And you know, once again, similarly seeing it, I was like, oh, why did I miss this? Duh. It's uh, especially hearing how how good of a show it was. Oh yeah, it's, it's so. I, I love it. I'm excited to see where you know where it goes, and and it is something new Absolutely. for me. So that's uh, that's always fun. Eventually, you know, I, I want to branch out and be on the other other side of the dynamic of podcasting. You know, be the guy who is in the know. But for now, I'll take what I can get. Who knows what the future will be? Well, I mean, uh, also I know that Spec Webs, I believe, yes. isn't it? Isn't the entire series coming out on Blu-ray? Uh, was it? Was that announced? Yes, which is awesome. I, I have I have season one on DVD, but they never released season two, so I'm looking forward to that. And that's a really awesome show. Um, and I believe, I mean, I'm I'm part of uh, uh, this uh, the Clone Chronicles community because I'm on Clone Chronicles, and Zach is on this one as well. So I, this is, this can be found. It's it is yes. it is on um, SpideyDude.com. Spidey Dude production. You could Excellent. say. Excellent. Zach would like that. <laughs> Zach, a producer. How funny! <laughs> and it's also on. I, I did. I did listen to the first episode on iTunes, so you can find it there. So awesome! That is our personal adventures. Now on to the more public uh, news. Um, for those of you who don't know, and I'd be surprised if you don't know, but in case you don't know, time three. We ha- we now have uh, the name of a mother and what she looks like uh, of Son Goku. Goku's mother has been revealed. She is a Saiyan, would you believe? Confirming that he is full-blood Saiyan. She is. She premiered in the Dragon Ball Minus chapter of, I believe it was included in a Jocko the, the Galactic Patrolman uh, chapter, although I'm not 100% sure on that. Because that, that is Toriyama's main gig, although I think that he recently uh, finished uh, illustrating that. But um, uh, we have uh, Goku's mother. Her name is... Gine or Jine or Ginny, it's spelled G-I-N-E. I am really unsure as how to pronounce it, but um, that is how you spell it. And um, and I'm sure it's some sort of vegetable pun. I'm sure that, that that's yet to be found out, but I'm sure that's uh, what the deal is. And um, as you might imagine, this being in Japanese, we don't have an English translated viz uh, collection for it yet. But thanks to the folks at Congress and Shu, we do have a translated uh, synopsis of the adventures he appears in. I can briefly sum it up from what they've reported on their website as soon as it loads. Yes, and I shall. Uh, the following shall be the description of Dragon Ball Minus. Quote, and this is all found on KazanShu.com. Thanks, thanks very much to them for uh, providing me information that I can steal and claim for my own. Uh, <laughs> The quote, the, the warrior race of the Saiyans under the evil Emperor Frieza fight day and night to obtain many planets through force. Bardock and another unidentified Saiyan destroy aliens on another planet. They suddenly receive a report on their scouters that all Saiyans have been ordered to return to planet Vegeta. Bardock has, been, has misgivings about this and his partner questions it as well. Bad monthly Frieza. Bardock tells him to take off his scouter or they will hear him. The two see Frieza's ship hovering over the planet and Bardock thinks they, have been, they must have a hidden agenda. 
They land at, at a settlement with crude houses and many other space pods. Another saying greets Bardock, but he does not know what the order is about either. However, he has heard that Frieza's forces heard about the Super Saiyan, and that word of it has, has been going around. On his ship, Frieza mulls over the Super Saiyan and Super Saiyan God business. His attendant tries to reassure him that it's just a common heroic legend. Frieza says he knows this, but he must not even have a sliver of doubt. Either way, the Saiyans are too proud and will never be his obedient dogs. It is a good time to destroy the entire planet. His attendant thinks it is a shame since they are excellent fighters. Frieza scoffs, then asks how much of the Saiyan race has arrived back. It will apparently take one more month for nearly all of the Saiyans to arrive, so Frieza decides to destroy the planet in one month's time. If he is suspected by the remaining ones, he will just say that a giant meteor collided with the planet. On another planet, Raditz asks Prince Vegeta if they should be getting back home. Vegeta says to leave it be. They will just pretend they did not hear the order. Oh, wow. <laughs> back on planet Vegeta. It's been a while since I read this. <laughs> Bardock makes his way along the settlement. As the narration box explains, there are only a few thousand Saiyans. As a warrior race, it would be difficult to increase their numbers. Presumably, they'll look unsaid because they would war with each other. Setting foot in one structure, Bardock greets Dine, who embraces him. She tells Bardock that Raditz is already a fighter and is working with Prince Vegeta. Since they are far away, though, they have not returned yet. Bardock asks if Kakarot is still in the incubator. He is, but it has been three years, so she will take him out soon. Kakarot has gotten big and looks to be just like his father. Bardock looks long and hard at his son, then tells Gain that he will seal a space pod tonight. They will send Kakarot to another planet. Gain questions Bardock, who reassures her that it is for Kakarot's sake. Frieza seems to be planning something. He has a premonition of death. Even so, Gain says she is, it is not like a saying to worry about his children. Bardock shoots back at her that softness disease spreads to him, too. Bardock shoulders the pod with a crying Kakarot as they take it to the launch site. Guy suggests they all run away, but Bardock says it is no use since they would be immediately found with scouters. Guy nervously says to her son that if her father, if his father is just overthinking this, they will come for him right away. Bardock warns Kakarot not to look for him too long at the full, uh, not for not to look for too long at the full moon. They will tell Radis about this too. You have quote, you absolutely have to stay alive. See you around. End quote. Kakarot presses his face against the glass and his pod rises up. Bardock says to watch out for the galactic patrol as the pod shoots off the planet. Bardock puts his arm around Guide as Kakarot's pod disappears into the sky. Meanwhile, at Galactic Patrol headquarters, Jacko inquires why the Galactic King has summoned his exceptional self. It must be for an extremely important mission. The King goes along with this and tells Jacko to go to Earth, since a flying object was picked up launching from planet Frieza and hit it there. Earth is a developing world ruled by humans who are still immature and weak, so the Saiyans have probably sent a child. Therefore, the clumsy or exceptional Jacko can probably exterminate himself. After researching Earth, Jacko comments that the Earthlings are of very poor qualities. If he decides it is not worth protecting them, he will use his, his extinction bomb. His superiors do not mind, but tell him to research it well before doing it. He should arrive a few days before the Saiyan. Jacko is excited about the prospect of extinction, while one galactic patrolman asks whether it was all right to let Jacko handle such a task. The others tell him Earth is not an important world. The galactic king gave him the mission, figuring they had nothing to lose. And so, Jacko and later the Saiyan child called Son Goku went to Earth. Sometime later, Planet Vegeta, together with many Saiyans, was obliterated by Frieza's hand. Eventually, the, the destined child grew up right and would, without realizing it, come face to face against his bitter enemy, Frieza. So, there you have it. Uh, <laughs> uh, this uh, is certainly a revelation. This is certainly like a, uh, firmly establishes the original history of 
Goku uh, and his, obviously his parentage and him getting to Earth. Uh, before I get into any of my initial thoughts, because this is pretty fresh news, Jesse, what are your initial thoughts to uh, learning of this uh, this untold story? Does this contradict uh, the episode or the uh, Bardock special? Oh, maliciously! <laughs> yeah, that was, that was my first thought. This this uh, this contradicts pretty, pretty not not. In every single detail made wrong, but, like, this essentially retcons a lot of we see of the birth of Goku. Because Goku was born in that, at the very beginning of that special. His mother was nowhere to be seen. Um, we don't see – I mean, there, apparently Bardock has had premonitions of, of the planet blowing up, but we don't see him gaining his powers to look into the future. Um, we don't see anything about – uh, Raditz in that special. This shows Raditz with Vegeta, and Vegeta apparently uh, was aware of Frieza's plan the entire time, but just just chose not to. Which would I guess explain how he knew that Frieza destroyed his planet in the Saiyan or in the, uh, the Namek Saga, because he said that he didn't know about that. Although I think I think uh, Dodoria told him about it. Basically, he didn't care. Um, yeah, this. Uh, I mean, because again, the thing about the whole Bardock story is that that was a, a toy animation filler movie, but Toriyama did really like it, so he included Bardock later on in the manga during the Frieza saga as a flashback. So, but the, the, the bulk of that story was made to canon. Now we're having uh, Toriyama go back and basically sort of uh, embellish on that story, which it, in some instances does contradict you. I mean, if you look at the link that I sent you from Kazenshu, Goku sent to the planet Earth in Saiyan armor, which is, um, and actually it looks like the one that Krillin wore. Which uh, is is different. He's he's apparently he's even three years old at this point, as opposed to a newborn. Um, it's it it almost recalls uh, Dragon Ball Z because uh, Master Roshi said that uh, Goku's grandfather, adoptive grandfather Gohan, found a baby, but apparently he found a three year old. So uh, this yeah this is we're in some serious recon territory with Toriyama uh, today. I maybe you could say that you know his. Mm-hmm. Gohan was just a mistake. Well, that's, I don't know. Yeah, it, that's that's pretty retconny. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not really, I'm not all that bothered by it because, I mean, it's, it's still a slip to assume that the, that the finer versions of uh, the planet blowing up, like Bardock having a defense for it, Bardock can still get his powers. So, like, the bulk of that special is still intact. Just the details, excuse me, just the details of Goku's birth are revealed, and apparently he was in an incubation pod for three years. That's a bit odd. Um, from what we gather here, what do you make of Goku's mother, Gain? I, I, I hope that's how you pronounce it. It's uh, it kind of reminds me of Man of Steel, where like most Saiyans don't want much to do with each other, but like these two actively are in a relationship. Uh, which I mean, I got, I kind of thought about that when I first heard about it. It's like, it's like does that is that a line with Bardock's character? But they've done a lot. They've done a lot lately in Japan to kind of like. I don't say deify, but really make Bardock like a a heroic figure. So I don't really it doesn't really bother me. I mean, he was a protagonist in in the uh, history, not the history part, but the uh, father of Goku special. So it's a bit odd at first, but um, it's a bit odd that we have a Saiyan that's so non-violent because every Saiyan we've seen from the original Saiyan race was sort of a violent fighter, and she's just you know just a regular person almost who just happens to be Saiyan. So that's, that's, so that's a bit odd. Um, I don't know. It's, it's 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 interesting. I mean, it's one of those things where it's almost it almost doesn't matter that we see her because she dies. 
uh, as far as we know. I mean, Toronto could easily say tomorrow, actually, she escapes. But, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's still kind of fun. It, it is still fun to see these things. And it doesn't, like, retcon more important things by saying that she was, like, I don't know, she was at the Cell Games the entire time or whatever, so that wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, it's, 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 it is interesting. That's that's the best thing I can say about it. I mean, I, I kind of like the idea that we have more insights into Goku's, Goku's Saiyan heritage. I could I could do without more Bardock stories, to be honest, especially with the uh, episode of Bardock, which we'll, which we will get to sometime in the future. But um, it was it was nice for what it was. And uh, if anybody has any thoughts on it, then we will uh, discuss it further. And uh, speaking of thoughts, um, oh, Sasha mentioned this real briefly before getting to the emails that. Uh, Dragon Ball Z Kai has definitely gotten to full production with the Buu Saga in that I've seen, they've released a, a trailer for the upcoming Buu Saga. They've shown footage of uh, what, the, you know, what the Buu Saga is. They've announced uh, the cast. Most of the cast is returning, although I believe that um, the original Japanese voice actress for Videl was changed. And they have a new uh, intro and outro thing. So there's that. Um, now, for the emails, uh, our first email, I'm going to get this out of the way while we can, is uh, from our old buddy, Mr. Daniel Yarbrough. And um, as as you all well know, if you are listeners to the, regular listeners to this podcast, Daniel wrote a hell of a lot. So I am not going to read the entirety of his email. I'm just going to get to the essentials pertinent to this episode. And I'm sure our friend Daniel understands. And we shall uh, start right now. I shall start with this email. Daniel says, "Hey there, Dalvin and Jesse. It's been a while since I've gotten to write you guys. Actually, I think this has been my first email of 2014." I do apologize, but with the weather and life's ups and downs, there just hasn't been time I'd like to spend writing into the next dimension. Yes. But rest assured, even when I'm not writing, I'm still listening. That's all we care about. <laughs> now, let's see if I can catch up with notes from the last couple of episodes, and we'll see if you guys still even remember these topics. Of course, the big news coming out of the world of DBZ right now is the revelation of Goku's mother. And since you guys discussed that the manga with her parents has come out, I'm sure you guys are already talking about it. Hey. If not, well, then what do you think? For my part, I'm a bit disappointed by the genericness of her design. It's not bad, but for being Goku's mother and a character we've been waiting years to see how she looks, uh, like any other woman in the series. That, And I'm not very fond of the new information being given about Saiyan culture, the idea that they don't have any close relationships, that they grow their babies in pods, just since it sounds good to me. I wouldn't argue that any of it's out of character or does not fit the world, but at the same time, it's not to my tastes. I'll admit that I have not read the manga or anything myself and need to look at it to uh, make a fully informed opinion. But for now, given all that and the fact that Goku is so much older when he be, he's being sent to the planet, I kind of look at the whole thing at, like an episode of Bardock. It's out there, but it's pretty easy to ignore as well. Um, and I suppose, too, there's no big revelations that we could not ignore. There's this, you know, sort of like, if you like it, you know, you like it. If you don't, you can pretend you never saw it, I guess. Uh, Daniel continues... Uh, enough of my writing onto the actual episodes of DBZ you guys discussed. I think pretty much all the episodes leading up to the start of the tournament are the very definition of good filler and bad filler. As you guys said, these episodes tend to drag at places and are a bit too padded out with things we just don't care about, like all those poor, boring kid fights. It's a shame because you could have easily solved this by showing the other fights Goten and Trunks had and at least trying to make them interesting or funny to watch. Trunks vs. Goten, however, is a great fight. It's funny when you look at what happens in the whole tournament, just seems like a setup to give the new characters of the series a showcase to fight in. And there's nothing wrong with that, especially when these two have such a good showing against each other. And I love that even though we see that they are as strong as any of the other Z fighters, the fact that the fight ends because of childish antics separates them from all the other characters. It's hard to even imagine the younger versions of Goku or Krillin's fights ending up like this. Really not, not much else to say in that you guys didn't say in your coverage, it's a great fight. 
Um, I will say that, like, it is, and I'll say this in our episode coverage, it's really fun to see these kind of, these child characters be involved in fighting and stuff, because when Gohan, or when Goku and Krillin were kids, they were kids, but they weren't as childlike and childish as Trunks and Goten are now. So it is a nice thing that uh, Toriyama's kind of done in this series at this late date, I think. Um, I always get a good laugh at Videl's bugging out during the kids' fights, mostly because in one scene, her eyes bulge out of her head cartoonish fashion and make her look like she has boob eyes. As for Mr. Satan recognizing Goten and not Chunks, I think Goten would actually be more recognizable as a smaller version than Goku than Chunks as a smaller version of himself. The Chunks that Mr. Satan saw was not just several years older, but also had long hair and wore a completely different outfit. Compare that to Goten, who looks like a tiny version of Goku wearing similar clothes, and when he goes like Super Saiyan, has the exact same hair, that would be the one he would more likely recognize. Fair enough. I agree. The whole scene with the Saiyans, chow- the whole scene the Saiyans chowing down and everyone else watching in horror is just classic. I love the little dialogue bits that the dub throws in these scenes, too. Sometimes you get the feeling that the Funimation was just afraid to have any moment without someone talking, but when they do, it adds the fun little bits of characterization that you don't get anywhere else. Like when they're done eating and Vegeta threatens to punch Goku in the stomach. I agree. <laughs> I always found the Piccolo and Kaioshin fight to be odd because of how it freaked out Piccolo is in it. I guess that is the idea, but it's still odd to watch. One thing about it I do I do like, though, and I can't remember if it was in the anime or manga, but I remember there being an implication that the reason Piccolo has such respect and fear for Kaioshin is because of the part of him that was Kami. And I like the idea because he was, that he was Kami because he has an automatic, automatic understanding of who this higher god is and tells him not to mess with him. Goku, on the other hand, does not seem to have the same reverence. Actually, hearing you guys joke about Goku asking if Piccolo needed to beat him up made me think, um, made me think of that as almost being a callback to Dragon Ball where there always seemed to be at least one jerk character in the tournaments that Goku would get into conversations with outside the ring to build up their fights in the tournament. Obviously, that is not what happened here, but it makes me wonder if that was some kind of play on that. I just like the idea that Goku says, would you like me to beat up this guy for you? (laughs) 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 So he's he's like bully protector for her. And now the big fight for the tournament, and for this part of the Busaka as a whole, the Videl fight. It is extremely vicious, and there is no other way to describe it. It's hard to watch her get beaten so violently, and you just want her to give up and throw in the towel. Like you guys said, I think it's an important part of the story. In fact, I'll even say that it had to be Videl in that fight. It had to be Videl in that fight. Even though this saga has, star- has starred Gohan, she-, she has been the point of view character for the most of it, being the new character to all this craziness. So of all the characters, she is the only one who has never come against anything like this before. It is the showcase of what a good fighter she is, but also she's still human and the weakest of the main characters. So seeing her get beat up immediately know that, okay, this is something that the Z fighters won't have to deal with. It also acts as a hard sack back to reality for the DBZ, of DBZ for the characters and the audience because up to this point it's been a lot of laughs and fun with the characters and suddenly crap gets real. These are all important things that have to happen for the story going forward. And while I think Toriyama still went a bit too far with it, I can see where he was going for the story. Now, I happened to be talking this over with my girlfriend, Maria, and she has a very different point of view on it that I thought needed to be shared. She hates the fight scene because it's both so violent and because, to her, it emotes Videl, Videl's character to being a damsel in distress for a rescue that never even comes. She sees the only purpose the fight ultimately serves serves as being to make Gohan angry to set up the idea that he is going to get, get those guys in a fight that never even comes. So the most we get from it is this power-up in the next fight. So to her, the fight is completely pointless given what happens to Spopovich and Yamu. Even the aspects that do show the strength of Videl's character, her fighting ability and her determination, while good moments, you don't need the fight to go the way it did to show that. In the end, we agreed that it was an important fight for the story as a whole, but not the best moment for Videl. 
Do you agree with that, Jesse? Do you think that the fight went a bit too far on taking her down a notch, or do you come down that like of what we said last month that uh, uh, I it served see, an I don't unfortunate think necessary that purpose? It did not go character down, and I definitely don't think it made her a damsel in distress, so to say, just because. Yeah, while well, yeah, Goku showed emotion at her getting attacked. It, it, she wasn't begging to be helped. She wasn't helpless. Uh, against her will, and she she wasn't shown to not be able to take care of herself. Like, you would have had the same thing with a male character. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like... She wasn't degraded to a second-string, useless character. And I think, yeah, the, 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 the her resolve was what made that different. And that it was her choice, and it, it showed more of good qualities in that she kept fighting than... Oh, like she couldn't fight anymore and got captured. <laughs> they kidnap her and take her to Bobbity. Then, I, um, then that would, if yeah, if that happened, then that would have flew in the face of everything we've we've learned about the character. That would sucked. I I agree. I I kind of liken it to Gohan versus Raccoon, in that Gohan showing determination and guile and strength, but he's still he's just in a physical sense he's just completely outclassed. Um, the way it come down on it is incredibly. There's there's a visceral fact, uh, there's a visceral reaction you get from the fact that Videl is getting beat up as much as she is because she is female. But anybody could have been in that situation, uh, like you know Yamcha, Krillin, Chi-Chi, honestly, even so. Like in terms of like a fighters who will get outclassed by people with more abilities than they than the other person has. Um, I mean, so yeah, I kind of Krillin makes a plot point of it almost every saga. <laughs> and even in this episode, we've got to say Krillin. <laughs> but um, uh, I, I think that, like, honestly, it's it's it's. I think the anime is more to blame for it than Toriyama itself because the anime does really make it go on like almost really too long. But I think that like the point is served that like uh, one, it does show. I, I think I think it's actually pretty nice storytelling that because you have the fact that Spopovich lost to Mr. Satan years ago, him taking it out on Videl actually. Add to that, and there's not much little lip service to that, but you can infer it. Two, I think that it's, it, the fight's made clear that if it wasn't for Spobovich's, you know, mo, you know, uh, magic powers that Bobbity gave him, Vidal would have beat him. You know, like even even if, like, like if he didn't have the ability to rearrange his neck, she would have killed him, no matter how strong he was, at a certain point. And I, I, I just kind of come out on the fact that, like, it's, and for, I mean, believe me, I, I was wincing the entire time I was watching that fight. I don't like watching that fight, but I think that, like, it does serve a purpose that's not just – it doesn't do anything to degrade Videl's character based on her gender. And a lot of times, a lot of writers will, will fall in that trope. But in, and I'm, I'm not even saying that, like, like Toriyama is, is a paragon of feminism necessarily, but I, I don't think he did anything wrong by Videl, the character – in this instance, just because she was the one to get kind of beaten up, because it really it really could have been anybody, and the fact that she was the new character, it kind of I, I kind of agree with Daniel in that like it does provide a certain perspective and a, a story beat. Uh, I mean, it's it's obviously one of those things where like you know someone has to get hurt for the other characters to react for the plot to move forward, which is an unfortunate uh, trope of storytelling, but it, it, I don't think it it does nearly as much damage as that kind of trope tends to do. And I think that, like, ultimately, it didn't really make – I don't think it made Videl's character look bad at all. So uh, it's just – I would tell someone to, like, make a good case for someone else being in that position. 
because I can't think of any other character who would fit because none of the other characters are that audience gateway to you know the the story and the setup for the character dynamics. Yeah, like if it were, if it were like for instance, if it were Trunks or Goten, that's probably the closest it would get. And even then, though, I, I, just because of the magic, the fact that Trunks and Goten are Super Saiyans and Videl's a normal person, it's a hard. I have a hard time believing they could, they would lose. But um, yeah, it, it's it's an it's, it's an unfortunate story point to happen, but you recognize why it had to happen. But I don't think that, like, it goes beyond the pale of what it needed to do. It doesn't go that extra mile to say, like, you know, of course you couldn't beat him because she's a girl, you see. Or, you know, just making her as somebody. I mean, it does make her somebody to forgo on and cry over. But that's, you know, that's that's a shipper thing. And it's also it's also the fact that, like, um, she, was, she wasn't taken out, out of the story for very long at all, anyway. She, she immediately got healed. Thanks for saying And I see if the inverse happened that she would get just as angry about Go Gohan mm-hmm. as he did her. So yeah, I, I think uh I think it's fine. It served the story well. It did. I, I think that like it it was it was a nice I, I liked it was a nice turn for the story, but you know, it is you know it's a dramatic, it's a dark and dramatic turn. But um you know, it reminds me very and everybody's opinion is is valid, so I'm, it's not really one that I don't think I'm it's not really something I'm going to like, you know, fight truth and nail over. Um, on a lighter note with this scene, Daniel continues, <clears throat> it does bring up another fan debate I'll ask you guys. Is Videl the strongest female fighter in DBZ? Personally, I still say 18 is hands down stronger, but a lot of fans take this fight as evidence that Videl is because of how hard she hit Spopovich and how much of a beating she took. I think a fight between Videl and Chichi would be a tougher, would be tougher to call. Uh, judging by the episodes we, uh, go over in this episode, I think it's probably certain that 18 is a, a lot more stronger. Um, because she she goes toe to toe against two Super Saiyans at once, so I, I'm I'm not sure if that's really a hard call to make, comparing uh, Videl to 18. Um, but I, I, w- I would agree that like uh, if you pair Videl against Chi Chi, who is stronger there? Because Chi Chi is probably better trained, but Videl uh, has better mastery over her energy since she can fly. So that would be that's always, that's always a fight that I, that you know you kind of want to see. The whole bit of Goku going to get the Sinjin beans is another case of bad filler that just pads out the episode and does not add much at all. I think this lack of sense of beans is because Yajirobe keeps eating them all, if I remember that's the only reason he lives up there with Korin. Back in Dragon Ball, there are pots full of beans, and now they can't get more than three because the fat bastard keeps eating them. Just true. Um, I remember disliking Gohan's transformation sequence when I was younger, thinking it takes too long. But then the whole scene of him being attacked prison style takes an uncomfortable long time, too. <laughs> I think that it comes more from trying to watch so much of the series at once, either marathoning three episodes or watching it every day of the week as it aired. When you think about it, I think a lot of the problems people have with the pace in the series comes from the more trying, comes from trying to watch too much at once. The series was made to be watched on a weekly basis, so a lot of the recaps of padded filler is to make that work in that format. That's a nice defense of the pacing, I suppose. I mean, I, I, I didn't know. I, I don't think I knew that. Like uh, in uh, Japan, it aired weekly because uh, there's so many episodes. I mean, it, it aired five days a week for us in America, so that is an interesting point. Um, even still, I, 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 I am going to complain about the pacing today. Um, and so now we are introduced to the main plot of the saga. I really do like the scene and the way the information is told simultaneously by Kaioshin and Kabito. I also like the way they mention Frieza as a basic comparison. It ties back to the series history and makes an easily relatable power level for the characters and audience to understand. I also like the use of magic for the saga. 
As I've said before, I like the evolution of threats for this series now that we've gone from Goku's alien species to stronger alien species to machine-made stronger fighters to now magic-made stronger fighters. It also does give a very similar feel to Dragon Ball. Even though they never face a straight-up magic villain in Dragon Ball, you did have the tournament with Baba and her version of the Universal Studios monsters, and Piccolo was originally portrayed to be an actual demonic creature. Heck, the whole premise of the series was the mystical quest for the magic Dragon Balls, so it was always a very mystic feeling to the early Dragon Ball episodes, and this helps the series feel like it's coming full circle. I think I've made up for my lack of Z-mails plenty of, with plenty of writing this time. I hope you'll both be doing well, and I look forward to your coverage as you move into the main part of the Boo Saga. I'll be sure to write in soon with my thoughts on all the big Dragon Ball Z covers for your April episode. Sincerely, Daniel Yarbrough. <laughs> God, wait, <laughs> Jesse, you must explain to the viewers why I'm laughing. Well, when, when you were reading Yajirobe eating the, all the Senzu beans, I had just the perfect casting appear in my head for a Dragon Ball movie. Wayne Knight as Yajirobe. <laughs> I can see that easily. I mean, uh, <laughs> I think I can see that easily. I mean, I'm wondering how, how you can do it with the sword. I can imagine getting beat up by somebody, somebody playing Vegeta, but uh, I'd pay my I just want, like, a horribly photoshopped photo of Wayne Knight from Seinfeld as Yajirobe. Absolutely. Uh, I, I, I want to say I'm sure they're out there, but then I doubt it myself. You know, <laughs> no, wait. This is the internet. Of course it's out there. The moment you said that on, the, uh, on this podcast, it's going to be out there. Uh, thank you very much, Daniel, and I hope you don't mind me cutting your email just a bit. Uh, our next email that we, uh, that Jesse shall read is from Mr. Frederick Hansen. Hello, Don and Jesse. Last episode was amazing as usual. While the first episodes of the Boo Saga was entertaining in their own right, I'm very excited to see what's coming next. While I can see why people would like the Boo Saga a little less, I like it because it sort of goes back to the fantasy roots of Dragon Ball. That was thrown out in favor of sci-fi ever since the Saiyan saga. Don't get me wrong. I love the sci-fi aspects of Dragon Ball Z, too. It just feels like they came full circle with the Boo saga. At least that's how I feel. What do you guys think about that? Also, last episode, Don, you mentioned Son Goku and his friend's return was semi-canon. That's how I remember it. I could be wrong. What does that mean exactly? After speaking of spe- and speaking of specials, will you perhaps also cover episode of Bardock and or other peripheral content I may be unaware of? I don't really have much more to add to the episodes you covered last time. My thoughts echoes to yours pretty much across the board. It was uncanny. Awesome. Just remembered your discussion on Dragon Ball Heroes last time, which which just reminded me of how frustrated I am over not being able to play it. It looks like all kinds of awesome. Do you guys think the reason why it hasn't came over to the West is the same reason Dragon Ball Online hasn't gotten a major English release? I think I saw there are some minor English patches, but that doesn't count. Whatever that reason may be. Oh well, I've rumbled on long enough. I might be back with more thoughts after I've watched the episodes you're going to cover this time. Keep doing what you do so well. Your your biggest fan in Sweden, Frederick... Uh, you said Hen- 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 Henningson? Henningson? Frederick Henningson. Hey. Uh, thank you, Frederick. Uh, it looks like he, he hit on a lot of what uh what Daniel said in the last email about coming full circle, which I have to agree with, uh, just from my limited perspective. It seems the, this arc has definitely gone more 
internal, we're looking more inward, just on like a scale wise, as opposed to going out in the galaxy. You're you're kind of staying on Earth more or less. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. There's, there's a. It it, it it does have a lot more of a Dragon Ball feel because there's less like you know characters are separate. Well, you know characters are separated here, but like uh, there's less. Right now they're they're kind of attacking the, the threat head on. They're kind of going directly. And there's less uh, padding uh, to a certain point and doing what they need to do to get, to get the situation done. Like the tropes of Dragon Ball Z that we've recognized from the Saiyan Saga, Namek Saga, Freeze Saga, and Android Saga, and Cell Saga. They've yet to show up uh, yet in this arc, so I, I would agree that like there's definitely a Dragon Ball. And do, do you think that was entirely uh, intentional? I, honestly, I don't know if Toriyama actively made it like kind of have a thematic uh, uh, turnaround. I mean, I mean, I, I don't know if he planned at, at this point to end the series. If this is when the last arc, I'm not sure if that was his plan, uh, but it was a happy accident, surely enough. Um, because I mean, this, this again, this this is one of the longest running arcs, and it's the last one, so it's a weird way to go out. But then again, you know, he could have. He's, he's not a super guy. Now, would you have liked um, to have seen it continue in the direction it was going, or do you like this change of pace, at least in direction of the stories, in regards to where we've been, kind of on an escalating scale of just more far fetched and bizarre storylines. Um. I really liked the Android and, and Cell Saga and that, like, how kind of grounded it was with uh, the creation of the Androids and then Cell attacking the city and stuff. It made it feel like a more, I say believable, but, you know, it's like it's more of a recognizable threat than, like, you know, these wackos coming out of nowhere from outer space. Uh, that being said, in terms of how the, the main characters are treated, I like how they're all together and they're all reacting at the same time. And there's less, like, you know, we got, we got to wait for Goku and fill the main kind of thing that DBC really set in its roots for a long time since the beginning of DBZ, so I kind of like the stories about telling of that aspect that they're doing right now the best, personally. The way they're doing it right now is pretty good. I agree. He also asks, uh, oh, Goku and his friends return with semi-canon. Um, there's, I say that because there's a, there's a revelation in Son Goku and his friends return that is only found in there, but it is referenced directly in Battle of Gods, which was done by Toriyama, which which makes it uh, at least in some instances canon. So that's why I kind of said semi-canon that like certain instances are definitely carried over from one end to another. So that was that was my reasoning for it, and I believe it also sprang from a Dragon Ball SD manga. Um, so that was an email by Frederick. Thank you very much. Our next email, as soon as I see Oh, he also asked about uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. The video games getting transferred over as far as English. And I think that's probably just a money issue and them not necessarily seeing the reward to translate it. Because while I think Dragon Ball Z games have done good over here, I don't know if they're like instant money makers. I don't know. I don't know if it's more or less a niche market, especially something like Dragon Ball Online, which I imagine – would be a huge investment. Yeah, I, I'm not. I don't know. I mean, like, I know there's like uh, RPGs like Star Wars, but I'm not sure of any like big franchise RPGs that are really, really, really successful. Not. I'm, I'm like you know franchises of other like mediums, like 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 a franchise like Star Wars. I'm not sure if other franchises have RPGs that are really big. Well, most of those online RPGs are currently like going downward, like losing losing players. Because you know most really? of them are monthly, 
either monthly fees or transactions in them somehow. And pe- people are just getting away from that model currently, so. I've been out of the gaming world for so much. Like, the, the most RPG I've ever gotten to was, you know, your basic JRPGs, like the Final Fantasy series and Golden Sun. So, um, oh, that's all you need. <laughs> Hell yeah. The online stuff is uh, almost a whole different level. And I know that, like, you, know, you have your world, War of Worldcraft games. Um, how the how the uh, industry is changing, you definitely know more about that than I would. So, But, I mean... Dragon Ball Island, that was, I mean, that was done, like, like at least five years ago. I remember when it came out, and that was a while ago, so it would be, I would be surprised if they ever brought that to America by now, because the window, the window for it being fresh has kind of gone away, I imagine. Uh, yeah, I could see them doing just a complete sequel, and maybe bringing that online, or across the sea, if they were going to expand upon it and capitalize, if, if, it, if it did well. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Uh, our next email is from returning email, our friend, Mr. Adam Trimbach. Hey, guys. It's been a while since I've written, but I'm back from being in the next dimension, and I'm ha- super happy that you have arrived in my favorite saga. <clears throat> now that you have finally gotten into the meat of this season, I better bring up what I feel is the weakest part of the saga, the tournament. Mm. What? I'm interested to in see what you think, because when I first saw this season on TV back in the day, it really got on <laughs> Really got in my Dragon Balls. <laughs> when you started talking about it last month, it brought up all those bad feelings. First off, there's all this setup to this great tournament that spent so many episodes setting it up, only to end it in a couple of rounds. DBZ is known for filler and taking forever for something to happen, so I always wish that it would have got to the end, or at least into the second round after the Goku versus Vegeta fight. Come on. Does this bother you guys as much as it bothers me? Would you have liked it to go on until the end of the tournament, or at least just a few more rounds so that you could really draw out the mystery for a few more episodes? What do you think? Number two, what do you think of Piccolo giving up? Like my first point, I would like to have preferred them fighting a little and Piccolo learning who it was during the battle instead of his well, using his well-known wit. Would you have been, it would have been nice to see a Kai fight for once. Thoughts? Three. I feel me or someone has mentioned this before, but I will... But will you ever go back and review the other world tournament? I feel this is a great time to bring it up, and there are some really unique battles, and best of all, it finishes and has a victor. Please consider this as I reckon you could finish it off in one of the podcasts. Thanks again for the great show. Now try to email each month now since the Ultimate Saga has begun. P.S. Remember, Krillin is married to 18. I think that makes him the strongest human for sure. <laughs> Because yeah, we, you know, we all know Yancha ain't getting any. Uh, thank you very much, Adam. You've given us a lot to talk about, I suppose. Uh, I suppose. <laughs> That's rude. Um, so, Jesse, uh, his first point. Um, what do you think about his first point in that, like, they kind of cut off the tournament storyline uh, when they did? Would you like to see the more of the tournament go on? Would you like to see the mystery kind of develop inside as the tournament went on? Or do you like how it went, as, uh, as is? Uh, I, liked, I liked the way it went. I mean, we had the mystery develop over a few episodes. We had the build-up to the tournament, which see them. You, you saw them interacting with you. You saw them planning and training. And ultimately, it was a switcheroo because that really the tournament wasn't what's important. It was seeing them interact and seeing them come together, especially, you know, Goku, who we haven't – who hasn't been seen in seven years. So I think – the tournament served a purpose, 
that was fulfilled by getting all the characters together in one spot and getting the threat exposed. And, I mean, we did see, I, I thought we saw a good chunk of the fights. We saw the, I thought it was a good way to have Goten and Trunks have an uh, action-packed fight scene uh, without directly including them in any of the, the danger early on, without kind of shoehorning them in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I was kind of like going back and forth as to how I felt about this, but I, I might agree. Um, I think if you've seen Dragon Ball, you've seen at least three really awesome tournaments. So I kind of I, I kind of admire Toriyama for wanting to, to, to do something different. And I do, I actually like the idea of the tournament being interrupted by like a Dragon Ball Z kind of plot. And they kind of had to deal with it while the tournament was still going on. I think that's a pretty cool idea. I would, I would agree, though, that, like, he probably could have gone a bit further in the tournament itself. Like, see the characters advance. Like, I mean, like, some of the characters didn't even fight in the first in the first rounds. Like, we kind of, like, I was actually, when we were going over this, I was actually kind of surprised how soon Gohan and Kabito's fight came up in, ter- in the overall scheme of the tournament. So, we, we could probably get into it a little bit, uh, probably could have gotten into the tournament a little bit further, but as it is right now, I just about don't mind it, because it is, it is something that they're doing new. Um, but I can see how people would, would want to see it, see it go further, because I do think it could have gone further. Uh, let's see, and his point, what about Piccolo giving up in, um, when he was against Kaioshin? Did, well, how that grab you? It didn't come off as out of character. I think it, if anything, it kind of showed how he has grown as a character. And, mm-hmm. I mean, throughout the show, that's what he's done. He sat back and noticed and observed things. He's right. probably, he's the most observative character on the show, and that's been used to the hero's advantage plenty of times. So I think that his showing here was just an expansion of that. I agree, too. I, 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 again, I kind of think that, like, Charmer probably could have had them fight a little bit, but him just immediately quitting, like, before even lifting a finger was just kind of big up Kaioshin. Um, and I which, think that, him just up and, up and get, forfeiting has more impact than him fighting and losing. Right. Because it shows you, yeah, it shows, okay, hey, this guy is strong with it. He he doesn't even stand a chance to fight, and he knows it. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, it really, it, 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 at that time, it was really, really in, engaging who Kaioshin was. And um, where that character goes, uh, we, we can kind of get into it a little bit later on. And, oh yeah, will we, will we go over the other world tournament? I mentioned last month, in the last day of March, the, the feedback episode for the front page, that we will, we, uh, once we get done with the, once we get done, done with the Boo Saga, we'll probably do it before we finish up, like, the last couple episodes of Dragon Ball Z, but before we, once we're done with the Boo Saga proper, Jesse and I will go back and t- talk about the other world tournaments and the Garlic Junior Saga, and the plan to eradicate the Super Saiyans, and Goku and his friends return, Battle of Gods, all this, all the intermediary stuff after the main socket is on the, after the main series is done. So we'll definitely we'll, we'll, we plan to pretty much cover everything story related uh, except for I, I don't think there's, there's any exceptions. I mean, we'll pretty cover everything that you guys may, may be interested in seeing, except for you know uh, the stuff that outside of Dragon Ball Z's uh, era. So uh, hopefully that answers your question. Um, I forget which comes first. I forget which will. We'll probably hit up the movies once we're done with the boots, like a first, but we'll definitely get to the other world tournaments in due time. So Sounds thank you. Me. Huh? Oh yes, it, it, it's, it's a fun uh, distraction. The, the other we world ha- we do have a plan. Well, John <laughs> has a plan. I'm just kind of long. 
I, 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 I fart together a plan eventually. <laughs> How far in advance we do plan uh, is um, is always left to time and last minute preparations. Uh, uh, I usually get I, text. Watch these seven episodes. Okay. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh boy, that was that was that was a bit of a grind, but we'll we'll get into it. Uh, thank you very much for that, Adam. Our next email is from another returning friend and emailer, Mr. Alex Evangeli. Dear Don and Jesse, last episode was awesome. I really like that the pace is picking up now that the plot is kicked into high gear. Like you guys, I found myself wincing when watching Vidal's fight and found myself nodding in agreement with, the points you, with your points about it. You guys also got me to appreciate the awesomeness that was Super Saiyan Go, the Gohan's Super Saiyan 2 form. Uh, transformation in the tournament ring as before it, I just kind of breezed over it. In regards to Yamcha claiming Krillin is the strongest human on earth Uh-oh. aside from 18, arguably being a human who is simply enhanced, maybe we could argue that Yamcha's claim implies that Tien isn't strictly speaking human. After all, earth in DBZ is home to all sorts of weird people, weird people like anthropomorphized Animals, talking dinosaurs, vampires, werewolves, etc. Maybe Tien, despite looking mostly human, genetically speaking, isn't. Hence Yamcha's distinction. Just a thought. What is this, um, Yamcha the geneticist? <laughs> Yamcha? A scientist? <laughs> um, uh, th- there has been a bit of contention in the fandom what the hell is Tien. And pretty much it's not been said... There's nothing that's been said that indicates that he's anything but human. The third eye is supposed to be sort of like uh, metaphorical in that, like, I mean, it's an actual eye, but he, like, he he's kind of achieved the third eye of uh, of uh, clarity, it, which is, I believe is a, I believe is a Buddhist thing, but I'm not 100% sure on that. I'm probably getting it wrong. But um, he's supposed to, he and Chao somehow are supposed to be human, and uh, there's no real indication to say that he's not. I think that any other indication that he might be is, is just general rumors that have popped up throughout the years. But, but I mean, I mean... human also? Y- yes. <laughs> I know it's hard to tell, because I don't, you don't know what the hell he is. He looks like freaking uh, Heisenko from Darkstalkers, but, uh... Uh, yeah, I... I don't I know what to say. was some random other thing, some mythical something or another. He's another thing without a nose, and he has, like, like white skin and... Uh, Chao Tzu is supposed to be like a, a reference to some sort of char- some type of Japanese mythical character. Like, like I mentioned, Heisenko from Dark, the Dark Soccer games, but uh, I'm I'm too drunk and lazy to figure out what it is. At least, at least as of this date, somebody may email in and let us know. Although I, I, I've heard it before, but I'm not sure. But he and Tien are for all intents and purposes human. And you know, Tien sure. has a like literal third eye. That's a physical rep- representation of his third eye. Yes. So, like, someone could poke it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the, I mean, I, we, we see it move. I didn't, yeah, I didn't know if it were ever, like, like acknowledged. Only in the dub. I mean, there, there's there's a really bad line in the ocean dub when um, Nappas beat him up and then he's about to die and says, This three-eyed cowboy is going for one last ride! And then, like, fans of the Japanese version face palm worldwide. But uh, besides that, they don't really talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I haven't got too much more to say this month, so I'll just move on to the questions if that's cool. One, to Jesse. Is seeing flashbacks or references to the Dragon Ball anime piqued your interest in checking it out? Maybe 
like maybe covering it on a certain podcast. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, yes. <laughs> How succinct. Uh, it it does make me want to go back and and watch, or at least re- read up on you know the gist of the storyline because kind of seeing where it all ends makes me want to go back and you know kind of see the beginnings, see the prequel. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've been now that we have all the volumes. I mean, I have a lot of the Dragon Ball manga in comic form. I've been considering just just giving that to you just to kind of see, uh, because like like from your perspective, what do you what's your general take on Dragon Ball in terms of the difference between that and DBZ? Like from your pers- in your own words, if someone were to say, uh, how, how how would you say Dragon Ball is different from Dragon Ball Z based on what little you've seen? How would you describe it? Uh, if you're familiar with The Hobbit. That mm-hmm. that uh, literature started off as a children's book, and as a very um, what's the word? As very face value, and then progressed into a much deeper, much more elaborate uh, story structure. So it seems like th- that's what I kind of get and gather. Uh, Dragon Ball Z is very sci-fi, very convoluted, and in instances very deep. Whereas Dragon Ball seems to be a much easier stepping stone, a much more basic story. And not not to say that it's kid oriented or that it is too simple. Uh, it just seems like that that's the direction it was. And so I think sometimes some stories work best in that simplicity. Okay, excellent. <clears throat> Two, are you guys watching the new episodes with the original Japanese soundtrack or with the Bruce Falconor tracks? If the lo- Ladder, what do you think of their new music compared to the Kai soundtrack? We are watching the uh, Funimation dub, Uncut, which uh, leaves in the, the name Mr. Satan and the original Japanese soundtrack. Although I might use clips that, that include the Bruce Falconer soundtrack. So Jesse probably doesn't have a lot of point of reference with the Falconer music. Um, but you said before, I, I know you said before in the past that you, that you don't mind the original Japanese soundtrack, correct? No, yeah, I don't. I, I like it. How does it compare for you between that and what you remember of Dragon Ball Kai music? Pretty similar. I mean, neither are jarring. Neither are, you know, heavy metal. (laughs) (laughs) Brawly. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so they they both kind of fit the story. I'd have to to hear them back-to-back, essentially, to kind of compare and contrast. Because both seem to fit what they need to be or what they're trying trying to... Bring across, across the table or bring to the table. I should also say that, like, uh, it's been released that the in Dragon Ball Kai, the, the Japanese version, they originally went with their Dragon Ball Kai music. Then that uh, music producer was fired for plagiarism, so they, they used the original Dragon Ball soundtrack from the 90s. They've gotten a third uh, composer to make up new music for Dragon Ball Kai during the Boo Saga. I've not heard it yet. I didn't care for the Dragon Ball Kai music personally, and I don't. It was just it was just a little too weird. For me, I'm not exactly sure to describe it, but I um, hope that the new composer is pretty good. But I, I've always liked the original Dragon Ball Z music, mainly because it, it just—it just—it sounds really out of place for like the era which this cartoon was aired. But like, it sounds very, 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 very like Asian and Eastern and otherworldly. I mean, you won't hear this music on anywhere, any other cartoon, not even like other anime like Yu Hakusho or Sailor Moon. It's just completely out there. It's, it's it's very unique, so I, I, I quite enjoy it myself. I was re-watching some of the Saiyan saga the other day and found the filler scene where King Kai gives Goku a totally bogus history of the Saiyans, 
that involves them having a guardian-like Kami and being killed by meteors. I was just wondering if the original manga actually elaborates upon an actual backstory for the Saiyans beyond Frieza recruiting them and then killing them. E.g., are the Tuffles actually part of their history in the manga, and did Scouters originate from their planet? No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, that was all filler nonsense and lies. Um, the Tuffles actually, I do believe they do continue in Dragon Ball GT, which is still filler, uh, in a word. Um, the original manga is, just uses, um, again, like, you know, Dragon Ball Minus now. But just like what we honestly, what we all see from like the Saiyan history is like what we, what we see in Dragon Ball Z, really. Like um, Raditz coming and telling Goku everything, and Vegeta is saying some things here or there. That's pretty much the history. There's not really any more backstory than that. Okay. So they just they King Kai was a lying best. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's full of crap. Sorry to ask this again, Don, but would you mind giving out the names of the pieces of music you used for the opening and closing themes of Episode Twenty Seven? Because they too rocked hard, and I'd like to scout them out. Um, I forget what the first scene was. I know it was from the game Super Budden, Super Budden, uh, which is a pretty uh, a Dragon Ball Z fighting game on the Super Famicom, which is essentially the Japanese version of the Super Nintendo. Um, the ending theme was uh, Frieza and Cell's theme from Dragon Ball Z Ultimate Battle 22. Because I like the music in Ultimate Battle 22, and I might be I'll probably be using it in the future. So you, you can find both of those on YouTube. What did you guys think of the scene where Krillin had to tell 18 that he was flying and he was leaving to fly off with the other Z fighters? Personally, I found it kind of funny, and it revealed a sweeter side to the pair that we haven't seen up until now. I agree. I, I, I like any of the relationship moments, especially when, other than Krillin bragging, we haven't seen a whole lot of them together as a couple. And we've not seen a lot of home life between Krillin and 18, although we... <laughs> Actually, one, one only imagines how it is, uh, especially with the more we see of 18 in this episode. Um, and there's, there's certain moments, like when Marin is cheering her on, she kind of, like, smiles. and uh, It... Because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think. Again, it's, it's really funny that, that Toriyama originally had the plot of Battle of Gods to take place during Krillin and 18's wedding, which would have pushed the timeline of, of the actual ser- uh, movie back by, a lot, by, by several years. But, um, I don't know. I mean, again, that seven-year gap really leaves a lot lot to be kind of explored because you have 18's character in the Cell Saga. Then you have her in the Boo Saga where, like, she's not all that different, but the fact that she has so much affection for Krillin is something that we didn't really see a lot of beforehand. He was was hungry for her, but, like, she, you know, was just kind of getting to know him. So it's, it's, it's kind of left to, like, you know, uh, contemplation and Toriyama retconning stuff <laughs> whenever he wants, I guess. What do you guys think of the scene where Krill... Oh, wait, I already read that one. Jesse, have you seen any of DBZ abridged? If not, are you waiting until you finished off the actual DBZ show first? Uh, I've seen it prior. I haven't went back and watched any of it yet because I'm afraid of it spoiling. Um, but I have I have watched it before I started the show and uh, a little bit afterward. But I, I make it a point not to not just scope it out because it can get addicting, and I can just watch them back to back. Yeah, I showed you. I think I believe I showed you a scene of it last month or the month before mm-hmm. uh, in terms of how Goku escaped by <laughs> But um, 
Yeah, I mean, like, it is, it, and it, 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 because because these guys are fans of DPC, they will reference things later on, so they might spoil some stuff. But it's very fun. Uh, that's all for this month. Looking forward to you guys getting around to covering Bobby's debut. Regards, Alex Evangeli. Thank you, Alex. Thank you very much, Alex. Um, I'll take on the next email, which is a returning email from Alex, uh, titled Moon Mail. <laughs> uh, Alex writes, Dear Don and Jesse, <sighs> guilty confession. Despite being a dude who loves his blood and guts, action stories like DBZ were overly muscular guys pounding each other in, pounding each other's skulls in. I'm actually an embarrassingly big fan of Sailor Moon. <laughs> awesome. As in, has music from the show on his iPod, kind of big. Yeah. A few years ago, I was trying to get into anime and a bit more, a bit more, and looked up Sailor Moon since I remembered as a kid and knew that there were only showed seasons one and two here in the UK. I was surprised by how big and influential it was and how it apparently it was similar to the Super Sentai slash Power Rangers, which I've a lot of a nostalgic love for. For nostalgia's sake and to try something new, I watched the first movie, subtitled, and had a blast, so I went in and watched the other movies and all 200 episodes of the anime. I just really like the transformations, attacks, villain of the week format, and the teamwork aspect. All stuff by the other Sentai shows as well. Plus, for all of just false, the show was surprisingly progressive like you guys talked about and did have some imaginative, imaginative visuals and ideas, in particular the way it played in with its own weird mythology. I won't go on about the series too much beyond congratulating you on a great April Fool's episode, concurring with you that Sailor Moon is slash, was slash is the counterpart of DBC as the definitive girls anime just as DBC is the definitive boys anime, and that both shows have similar impacts upon their respective genres. I genuinely think that if Goku is the king of shonen anime, then Sailor Moon is the queen of shoujo anime. You might even go as far as to say that Goku is to Japan what Superman is to the West, then maybe Sailor Moon is their equivalent of Wonder Woman. Whilst they're obviously the opposite of one another in terms of their impact on their respective genres, they are very similar. Heck, they even have a similar plot points at times when a pink-haired child of two major characters comes back in time to revert a dark future. Oh, God. <laughs> in regard to their secret identities, I was quickly throwing my two cents. In the manga, the scouts slash senshi did have masks early on, but got rid of them eventually. But I kind of see their secret identities as suspicion of disbelief comparable to Clark Kent being Superman. Alternatively, a fan theory is that maybe when they transform, they have a magic-like perception filter powers, which redirects people's attention or something. Sort of like the TARDIS in Doctor Who. Well, that's all for now. Thank you for a great April Fool's Day episode and for a great discussion on a topic not a lot of folks talk about. Regards, Alex. P.S. On a side note, a hilarious similarity between DBC and Sailor Moon is that they both feature... Oh, he already, he already said that. Anyway, um, thank you very much, Alex. I'm glad you enjoyed that episode. It's funny that you out yourself as a Sailor Moon fan, which mm-hmm. is nothing to, be, nothing to be ashamed about. Um, we, should call, we should call guys like that Moonies instead of, like, Ronies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he should have said his favorite character. Um, I, uh, I I hated freaking Rini. Is the pink hair girl he mentions, but no, that's a, that's a tangent for another time. And our next email is from another returning emailer, Mister Richborn. You're a clever one, Mister Grant. The <laughs> the ball is finally rolling. Supreme Kai revealed himself and hyped Boo, and zip zap, boom, straight to the moon. <laughs> While I was taken aback, I did enjoy your guys' dedication to the bit. I don't believe another podcast has pranked me before. Now, after Vegeta states that Gohan at Super Saiyan's level 2 power in the World Tournament is actually weaker than he, when he was in the fight with Cell, this got me thinking the obvious question. 
Could Gohan in the present still beat so? Surely Perfect Cell so, would still be no problem since he was outclassed by the ascended fifth five-foot Saiyan. But after plot-twisting into becoming Super Perfect, do you believe Gohan could still beat him after seven years of slacking? He is still the strongest of the Z-Fighters, but as we'll find out, in the, he is a bit rusty when it comes to combat. I think the combination of his progression from the saga to now and my love of Gohan, for Gohan makes this a personal favorite what-if scenario for me. But I won't. But it won't happen since Cell is totally dead now and forever and stuff. <laughs> Thanks. I'll keep that up. I'll keep it at that for now. Sometimes pondering the trivial things can be fun. Take it easy, fellas. Richborn. It'd be fun if people didn't already, didn't already take it so seriously. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. I was going to say that like this is a question that, that again has played the DBZ fandom into its ruin because uh, a lot of people kind of debate like. What's the minimum level of ability to beat Cell? Because Gohan still is Super Saiyan 2. Um, because Vegeta says more than once that Gohan's not as strong as he was in the Cell games. Uh, which, which, is, which is not that hard to believe, but if I believe in these episodes, he says that Goku and Vegeta have become stronger than him. Ooh. But um, can he still beat Cell? Uh, it's a good question. Possibly Perfect Cell. If, if it was Super Perfect Cell, that might be trickier. But there's always the, there's always the question of if, if he ever gets mad. Cause like, and Vegeta does say that, like, oh, who knows if he gets mad, he can still, you know, get really, really strong. So it's one of those questions that may, that you could argue either way, but it's up in the air. What do you think? Yeah, I think that you could say that, yeah, he's not as strong as when he beat Cell, but he was also very, very enraged at that point. And during the tournament, he's relatively calm compared so you, I think you have to compare them at the at a similar mindset at both ages, and I think it'd be a lot less clear cut then. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 one of those things where it's like, uh, um, if he just had like a certain amount of time training, I suppose, because uh, you know, he does train a bit later on in the soccer without spoiling too much. I don't, I honestly, I honestly don't know. I feel that I feel that if Gohan gets mad or if he gets really revved up, then he could he could get as strong as he needs to be. Like I don't think that like. He's gotten so weak that he can't do what he used to now. It might, it might not come as quickly. It might not come as easily, but I don't know. It, it is a bit speculative. Yeah, everything is. Uh, and our final emailer is Eric Chick. Eric comments on the front page, and now uh, Eric has uh, followed command and has uh, uh, emailed us. Eric says, hey, Don and Jesse, it's me, Eric. I got news for you, too. I don't know if this is true or not, but I heard that they might be working on a manga of GT so they can make it canon. What are your thoughts on this? That's not true. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, for me, I don't know yet because it just might be a rumor, but I think that would be a great idea. Also, if you love DBZ Bridge, you can download a few episodes from iTunes. Really? Just search up Team Four Star and it will show you some episodes for free. I'm leaving in a few days, but I want to check out the Church of Goku and hopefully I can get some pics of this place and send you guys some copies and remember... Uh, and then Goku saith unto thy enemy, Kamehameha. <laughs> Peace out. Thank you very much for that, Eric. Um, I have not heard anything of. I think there's always rumors like that. That's that's a, a GT becoming a manga is a rumor that. I mean, for one, honestly, like, like they officially said that GT was not canon when they were get, predict, producing Battle of Gods because um, they contradicted it. Um, I mean, I'm not really opposed to the idea of GT becoming a manga, but it still wouldn't make it unless Toriyama 
included it, which I'm not sure if he would or ever can, but like unless he included himself, it wouldn't be canon for me. Uh, but I mean, I've no, I'd, I wonder. Yes, I, I think I'd rather see just something like a new continuation, something different from GT, as opposed to trying to adapt something that's already as old as it is, and that's made by different by a different group of creators who would no longer be working on it, and just a different medium altogether. It's not an adaptation; it's made to be animation. So I think that would. You may have more problem than you would success with that. So just something like just totally new. Yeah, just yeah, just, especially since that's thrown out anyway. Just start fresh. I would agree with that. I think that, that, that's the best course of action, honestly. And I said before that, like, if there was any sort of continuation of DBZ, I want to be with the other characters and not like the the main attractions that we have here. Not that I don't love the characters we have here, but like after spending so many years and so many episodes with these guys, the best the most fun that we're having right now is with uh Goten Trunks and Videl. And I think that that's sort of like a uh a tried and tested uh oper- operation in terms of really making a new arc or new part of Dragon Ball stick, I think. If they're, if that's, that's, not, that's not how you really do it. As opposed to GT where it's like, you know, hey you like Goku? Well we got you some more. So, it's and <laughs> exhibit produced it, <laughs> but um, thank you very much, everyone. <laughs> that is all the emails for this episode. Uh, again, if you want to email in, uh, you can email us at dbznextdimension at hotmail dot com. And I would also implore you to visit the Facebook page, uh, just the Next Dimension of Dragon Ball Z podcast at facebook dot com. Everyone has a Facebook, so I, I'm sure you will. Uh, it'll be easy for you to find. Uh, we're going to take a short break, throw in a promo or two, and we will get back with the uh, episode reviews. Why do you think superheroes are so important? People need heroes because they need somebody to inspire them, something to aim for, somebody to try to be like. One is the man of tomorrow with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. The other, the caped crusader, carrying out a solemn vow to spend his life warring on all criminals. For seven decades, they've been the world's finest heroes. They've teamed on radio, comics, newspapers, animation, and more. And now, they're teaming up for a podcast. To the Batmobile, let's go! Up! Up and away! Atomic batteries. Turbines to speed. Superman and Batman celebrates more than 70 years of the world's finest team with randomly chosen stories featuring the Man of Steel and the Dark Knight. Superman and Batman, featuring your two favorite heroes in one podcast together. Find it today at GreatCrypton.com. All I ask is a tall ship and a star to steer by. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. Engineering division ready, as always. Your mind to my mind. Laddie, don't you think you should rephrase that? Your thoughts to my thoughts. Either choke me or cut my throat, make up your mind. What can 
against the laws of physics. They must be destroyed. We tried to destroy it once before, Commodore. The result was a wrecked ship and a dead crew. Doctor, you are a sensualist. You bet your pointed ears I am. Live long and prosper. I am the guardian of forever. Edge of Forever, a continuing look at the Star Trek universe, coming to Earth2.net and iTunes in May. <laughs> Wonderful, don't you think? Seeing the spaces contort in horror like that. It pleases me to no end how easily humans are frightened. <laughs> and they were but two. There are millions left to torment. I'm so excited! <laughs> this is bad. They kill their own men. <laughs> That's the cruel game Bobbity plays. He seeks out only the most powerful fighters. He uses his magic to bring them under his complete control, and when he has no more use for them... He disposes of them as though they were diseased animals. If he frees Majin Buu, he will destroy all life on Earth just as he has destroyed Spopovich and Yamu. That is Babadi's evil wish. Oh, there's something else. Yes? It would seem we have some company. Yamu and Spopovich were a bit careless in their escape, I'm afraid. Hmm. Us on that cliff base, you will find Supreme Kai and several of his friends. <laughs> the fools believe they are well hidden. Seven in all. Each of them strong. We cannot use the energy of the Supreme Kai or Kabito. But three of these others possess enormous energy as well. It will go a long way toward reviving Majin Buu. Oh, more than that, Deborah. In these three alone, we will find more than enough energy to suit our purposes. How marvelous! <laughs> I never imagined we would accomplish our goal so quickly. Hmm. Let's lure those three into the ship where we can absorb their energy. That would be the simplest course of action, don't you think? Yes. But the Supreme Kai will surely try to prevent it. Oh, I think we can manage to get around that little problem. Dispose of the stragglers and get back to the ship at once. The others will come storming after you in a rage. Very nice. I need but a moment and you will have them. Good, good. But spare the Supreme Kai for now. For what he did to my father, I will take my own sweet time with his destruction. At your request, Master. I will leave him for your pleasure. All right, and we are back. So, with the uh, preamble of the exposition in terms of where are we, our characters are in the new saga has already been given away, it's the last episode, we shall continue in the Majin Buu saga. 
So when we last left off, uh, the Z Fighters, that being Goku, Vegeta, Krillin, Piccolo, followed by Gohan and Videl, are flying next to Kaioshin and Kibito after Slobovich and Yamu, the two prison inmates that who shift Gohan and stole his energy to give to uh, their master, Babidi. So uh, as they are flying, um, there's, there's, there's such a tailing them so they can, uh, they, they can basically track them down and stop them from resurrecting Majin Buu. Spokovich and Yamu have no idea that they're being followed. They're just, you know, smiling. And they oh, we're going to get a big reward for doing this. Um, when we go to Kabito, Gohan, and Videl, Kabito is saying, we, we got to hurry because, you know, we, we must catch up with the others before uh, they catch up to Spokovich and Yamu. Um, Videl's kind of having a hard time seeing because they're flying so fast that she's not used to the wind yet. So the wind's getting in her eyes. Like, I, can, I can totally sympathize with that. So uh, they slow down, and Gohan says, you know what, this is going to be really dangerous, and you probably shouldn't come. Uh, but I don't know what's going to happen, but I don't want anything to happen to you. And Videl's like, okay, well, but before I go, uh, let me know this one thing. You were the golden fighter, right? I've seen you transform now. That was you? And Gohan's like, yeah, I'm sorry I lied, but I, don't, I didn't want anybody to know about that. And she says, so seven years ago when those weird guys showed up at the Cell Games, uh, all with golden hair, you were the little boy with them, right? That was you. you my dad didn't defeat Cell. It was you guys, wasn't it? It was you. Gohan's like, yeah, <laughs> you got my number. And um, so Fidel's like, I, I always thought that story was bullshit. Well, Gohan, be very careful. If anybody can save the world, it's you. So go on and just be careful. Gohan and Kabito fly off even faster than before now that, you know, that anchor Videl is out there to slow them down. And uh, Videl says, she turns away and says, like, wow, they're going fast. You better come back, Gohan, because when you come back, I'm going to ask you out. <laughs> oh, how, how unpredictable was that? So uh, they catch up with the others, and they land at a secluded area full of mountains and uh, uh, greenery. So there is a small, very small kind of, like, building that's uh, surrounded by dug-up dug up ground. And uh, Kabito and Kaioshin are like, crap. They, 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 dug us up, they dug themselves underground. No wonder we couldn't find them before. And Spopovich and Yamu land in front of them, and they are greeted by three individuals, a, uh, a uh, green-eyed... Weird-looking alien called Pui Pui, or Pocus from the manga, whatever. Um, and two more important characters, a large demonic-looking creature dressed in blue and white with a gigantic utility belt, uh, a kick-ass goatee, um, pointy ears, devilish horns, green cat-like eyes, and an M tattooed on his forehead, just like Spopovich and Yamu. And the smaller person in front of him, just like Kabito and Kaioshin, <laughs> Uh, it's a bug-eyed, gerbil-looking, hair. How would you describe Bobbity, Jesse? Because it's Bobbity. A reptilian rodent. A ro- definitely a rodent-looking guy, yeah. He looks like Yoda and Master Splinter mated. <laughs> and had, a, like, bug eyes. <laughs> He's, like, green... He he looked he has whiskers but he doesn't look like he has much fur other than that. Right. And, like, and I, his head shape is very similar to like a like a rodent like a like a rat or a bulbous head gerbil. Yeah. Definitely. It, it, very, and he has an awesome actor. <laughs> very spindly, very spindly arms and hands and like a really nasally voice. Yeah. <laughs> this is Baba D, the uh, the bad guy for the day for the, the um. Saga. Uh, Kaioshin and Kibito are immediately alarmed because he managed to get, uh, the, the larger pink character is called Dabura, and he is the king of darkness. 
pretty much the closest thing they they, they recognize as the devil himself, the, uh, the king of darkness, who is king of all demons. Yes, Bobbity managed to control him. So, um, and they they explain that like Bobbity's main power is to control anybody who has evil inside of them. Anybody who has ever been evil before, and who has any any sort of evil intentions inside of them, can easily follow his control. Anybody who has been evil before can follow his control. Anybody who is all right. <laughs> I made my point. Krillin points this out wonderfully. <laughs> Piccolo will be the issue here. <laughs> and Krillin's like, screw you. <laughs> so, um, Spopovich and Yambu. Piccolo is probably the best example of somebody who's been evil before. I know. <laughs> let's, 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 let's play a game. And out, of, out of all the Z Fighters, who was probably the sickest character? Hmm, is it Gohan? Is it Goku? No, it's clearly Piccolo, yeah. The guy who's not been evil in, you know, for a longer time. Said he hasn't been evil for an entire show. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say again, anybody evil. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> I've, I've said what I have to say. So, um, Spopovich and Yami are like, here, your energy master, and they're very pleased. And Bobby's like, ah, excellent. Ah, you give me just what I need. But I'm afraid that I can't let you live. <laughs> You're basically, you know, Bond villain, red shirting the bad guy. His hands were steeple the entire time. Right. His eyes glow, and uh, Spopovich at first starts bugging out, and like it starts growing, and like it's a really weird effect where like his eyes bug out, and his his head just grows, and he screams, ah! and he just like just and blows and blows and blows up, and just explodes like a balloon. That was nasty. Um, Spopovich just, like, like runs as far away as he can, but he doesn't get too far, because Pui Pui just shoots him down from the sky. Um, Gohan's horrified and says, what kind of monster would kill their own henchmen? Probably he doesn't watch a lot of cartoons, <laughs> because it's, it's one of the most, uh, typical villain tropes. But what are you going to do? Um, so, essentially, they say, all right, let's go inside and bring this energy to Majin Buu. Uh, uh... Pui goes inside first, and then Babidi says, now listen, Dabura, the, the Supreme Kai has arrived with Kibito, but they've brought friends. Three of their friends have high energy. They can be very useful us and attain the energy from Majin Buu. So, so I want you to... Cool enough. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> most powerful. I mean, he has hair after all. <laughs> uh, the most powerful of all. So... He says, so I want you, what I want you to do is kill the riffraff and bring them here. But don't kill the Supreme Kai just yet. Save him for myself after what he did to my father. So, um, uh, Dabura says, as you command, Master. So, Babidi and Poi Poi go inside the building, and Dabura's just left outside. Uh, the Z-Fighters in Kaioshin don't hear anything they say, which is unusual for these characters. Um, uh, and then, um, uh, Dabura just kind of smiles and says, alright, now let's begin. But he just says, they know we're here! So the boar flies. Well, you can hear that. <laughs> the boar flies right up towards them, and first and foremost, just flies right in front of Kabito, puts his palm in front of his face, and blows him away. That 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 didn't take long. Yeah, I did not expect that. <laughs> he, he's blowing that some of the rains. <laughs> The the Z fighters try to go on the offensive, but Deborah kind of counterattacks by by showing his respect for Krillin by spitting on him, and then spitting on Pickle as well. Uh, Kaioshin <laughs> says, "Don't let that touch you," but it's too late. And before long, Krillin and Piccolo turn to stone. Who knows? Um, Deborah says, "Ha ha ha ha! Come follow me if you want to die." Ha 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 ha! 
So he flies back towards the building and says, No one can defeat Babidi or Majin Buu. Go on, and Goku are mortified, so they run towards their friends, and Taiwo says, Don't touch them! If you touch them and break them, they'll never be able to turn back! And Goku says, Oh no, this is horrible! Turn back! Is there a way to, uh, to turn them back to normal? And Kaiju says, Yes, but it won't be easy. The only way to, re- to release them is to kill Dabura. Dun, dun, dun. And Goku's like, is, is that it? Really? <laughs> Sweet. Come on, let's do it. And um, just <laughs> like, wait, what? <laughs> so um, Gohan's like, you know, enough of this. Let's go after him, Dad. And Goku's like, hell yeah. So they fly off, and Tyrus is like, wait, stop. We got, we, ha- we need to have a plan. And Vegeta just walks by and says, sorry, but waiting around is not really our style. So he flies away, just leaving, leaving Kaioshin in the lurch. So he, but eventually he follows him saying, you idiots. So, the three Super Saiyans jumping down into what's surely a trap, and they land in this sort of, this, this kind of rec room looking area. Now, this turns into uh, your basic platforming video game, a la Mega Man, where they're into, they're basically in Wily's Tower. It really does. <laughs> they don't really comment on this in the episode, but it's pretty much it. Um, and uh, Bobbity is spying on them with his magic ball, a la Rita Repulsa, saying, Okay, Pui you're up. Uh, kill, kill them and uh, deliver me the energy to uh, give to Majin Buu. Um, and I'm not sure if this, we see this at this point, but eventually we do see that there's a gigantic, large, bulbous, veiny kind of cocoon that's glowing that uh, they insert the energy into. Uh, but while that, ha- while, while that happens, Pui uh walks in the room saying, Master Bobbity is on the bottom floor, but you won't go any further. This is stage one. There are several stages to get to him, but you, your life's in here. But uh, Goku didn't say, sorry, but that's not going to happen. Um, so while Bobbity inserts the energy into the big cocoon, uh, he checks back on the crystal ball and saying uh, if Pui destroyed them yet. But it turns out they've not even started fighting because Goku, Gohan, and Vegeta start playing rock, paper, scissors to figure out who fights them. And Vegeta wins! <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um... Pui says, you know, you're, you're, you're out of luck. The damage that I inflict on you will go to Majin Buu, and with the amount of damage that I will give to you, you will die. Uh, Vegeta says, you're not going to lay a single finger on me. And um, he then proceeds to say one of the most awesome lines of the show. <laughs> Welcome to the end of your life, and I promise it's going to hurt. <laughs> awesome. Vegeta line. That, I love, I, that was, that was, that was awesome. Um, and as Vegeta predicts, uh, Poopy starts to go on the attack, and he, every attack that he has, be it kicks or punches, um, Vegeta just completely blocks, and eventually Vegeta just kicks him against the wall. Um, Poopy just sucks, and, uh, Vegeta just kind of beats him up after a while. At one point, he just starts just taking the crowd out of him, just starts punching, punching, punching him over again. Kaioshin is surprised. So is Bobby and Deborah. So, Bob, so uh, Deborah says, why don't you send them, why don't you send Pui to uh, the planet he's best at, his home planet Zoom, or Voom, or whatever it's called. Um, so, Bobbity being a wizard, transports them to another planet! Uh, with his, with his catch, catch, uh, trademark catchphrase, pa 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 So, the fight transports to Pui's home planet. Um, and Pui starts showing up and says, Ha ha! Now you're really screwed! This is my home planet, where I've won many battles. In fact, the gravity is much different than it is on Earth. Ten times at least! And Vegeta's like, <laughs> Maybe if this was 500 times gravity, you might have an advantage. But 10, I don't even feel it. 
<laughs> so Creepy uh, has just Creepy just has just about as much luck as he did before, and eventually Vegeta just, just rushes on, on towards him, gently pl- places his hand on his breast, and blows away. <laughs> so Creepy's dead. <laughs> B- Babadi and Kaioshin are both shocked, and Vegeta's like, "Man, that sucked." And the the hole in the floor opens up, and they jump down to the next level after de- defeating that mini boss. So, um, uh, so th- they're shocked. Babadi's like, what the hell, man? Uh, and Dabora's like, uh, these humans weren't nearly as powerful as when we took the planet 300 years ago. I wonder what happened in 300 years. Well, they don't, they don't really think too much. So, uh, the next, uh, person they go up against is a character called Yonkon, which is pretty surprised because Yonkon is the master of darkness. Um, and they said, well, well th- he'll kill them so quickly. It won't be even fair. Uh-huh. Uh, but Goku's up next. And while they're waiting for Yarkon, Kaioshin says, or Vegeta says, let's just blow this place up. Let's not wait for any more mini-bosses. Um, and besides, by the way these guys are coming off, these characters aren't as strong as you think. Not even Deborah. Kaioshin's like, like, wait, what? Like, he's, he's not, he, we could have probably fought him easily outside. Your friend Kabita was just weak. And Kaioshin says, Goku, is this true? And Goku says, well, yeah, you know, he's, you know, maybe a few years ago he would have been tough, but not where we are now. A few years ago, there was a guy named Cell. He was pretty tough. I kind of think they're on the same level. So they, they're really not taking this seriously. But eventually, out of the darkness comes the gigantic green monster named Yakon. He is a, uh, he's, he's a, he's a, he's a monster. He has weird hands. He has kind of like these talon spikes on his, uh, forearms. And he's drooling as well. He has an M tattooed on his chest. So, uh, Goku's insulting him. Uh, Yakon is a bit faster than they expected because he does manage to slash part of Goku's, uh, uniform. So, uh, to kind of speed things along, Babidi transports him to Yakon's home planet, the planet of darkness, where they can't see a single thing and Yakon can see in the dark. Goku doesn't need to see, however, because Goku's such an awesome fighter that he can fight even with his eyes closed. So he says, I can follow you by the tiny air currents, but if I wanted to, there are other ways to see you. And then he transforms into a Super Saiyan, you know, illuminating the light, because obviously he's, he's big and yellow and golden. <laughs> <laughs> Would you believe? Uh, and so Goku's like, don't you understand? You can't win in, no matter where we are. But um, apparently, Yakon's specialty is to uh, suck up all the light energy into the room. In, in the room, I should say. So he just, like, inhales uh, kind of briefly and swallows up Goku's yellow Super Saiyan energy. And that just, he just eats it, apparently. So Goku's in big trouble because, oh no, every time he transforms, Yakon just suck up his energy. So uh, Goku just says, oh, Okay. I'll give you the energy. I'll lock Kirby. Yeah, I know. I was, I was waiting for that. <laughs> so there's a lot of video game references in this episode. <laughs> you talk Toriyama was bored. So, um, <laughs> so Goku transforms and says, I'll give you as much energy as you want. So he powers up again. Yakon starts sucking up and says, Goku says, okay, there he is. Keep it coming. And then once Yakon thinks he's about, to, he's about to kill him, Goku smiles powers up, and gives him way too much energy, and Yakon just explodes. Vegeta says, hmm, I see. And we'll talk about more about that a little bit later. As Vegeta says, so Kekar has surpassed the Super Saiyan wall as well. And the, uh, the floor opens up, and they jump down. But he's complete. K.O. <laughs> uh, Bobby says, Yakon blew up. What? But how? And Deborah says, the hell with this. I'm going in there now. Why does your Bobby kind of sound like uh, Herbert from Family Guy. <laughs> you want for <some> pop shows? <laughs> uh, 
Uh, he, he he doesn't sound like any other villain, does he? He doesn't even sound like Frieza. He just sounds... No, no, I, I love his voice. It's just so not what you you would expect, especially compared to the other villains in this saga. It is a nice change. It is very diminutive and kind of like weaselly. Well, he's he's diminutive. He looks similar to you know, how Frieza looked initially, but even Frieza's voice had some authority to it. This is just... This doesn't. <laughs> just goofy, but I love it. And, and like... Uh, I guess I'm going to just finish up real quick. Uh, Deboro says, I'll go to stage to get my shelf. Nobody's getting past me. And Baba says, you better damn well be right because I'm out of weapons if you lose. So um, it's Gohan's turn. Gohan's like, all right, I'm up. But, uh, and Goku says, um, well, you're, you're clearly much stronger than you were when you were a kid because it's been seven years. And Vegeta says, don't be so sure. He took peace to, as an excuse to slack off. He's been going to high school and going on dates. You and I are probably stronger than he is. But then again, who knows who knows what happens when he gets mad? And Kairosun the entire time is like, I don't believe it. These are these three are so so much more stronger than I imagined. They're defeating these characters like they were nothing. And now comes, and through the door comes Gabura. And uh, that's where we will leave off for this part of the synopsis. Obviously, we'll get into more later on. But uh, uh, yeah, going back to uh, Babadi. Um, just real, real quick, he is. I, I do like him because he is a he is a big change up from our usual DBC villains. He's not. He, he kind of was a bit intimidating when he first showed up, you know, killing his henchmen. But once uh, the Z fighters start showing him up, he's there's not much to him, I guess. But um, he, he's, he's he's cool. I, I I do enjoy him for for what for what we get from him here. Uh, but uh, Jesse, this the introduction to Babadi and his minions in this. This this itself could probably be a Dragon Ball Z game, or at least a level. Uh, what were you thinking generally? I liked him. Um, mm-hmm. For some reason, he he like he, I just really dig him. Like he he's so weird looking and diminutive, and he he kind of comes off like a spoiled child, right? In that like he's clear when he clearly finds out these characters are stronger than he anticipated, he freaks out, and he starts going even more bug eyed. And I like that he under he underestimated them, and there's no like secret. Transformation so far, like Frieza had. He's not cocky. Yeah, he's he's a. Uh, I, I like the fact that he's he's kind of like you know he he kind of recognizes. There's not a lot of like oh well he was weak we surely will defeat him this time he kind of takes things a bit more tentatively, and says I'll be, I'll send a Yakan we will not underestimate them, and then agrees like Deborah to send him after Yakan dies. Uh, I, I like Bobby as a character and I think Deborah is, is a. I think Deborah is actually a really really awesome design for a villain. That's a pretty awesome villain design I think. Um, we don't get much more than we see from him, like right, right here. But um, he is—he is. You don't—you don't get the sense that he's, you know, hypnotized or under Bobby's spell. He—he he does seem like, you know, a powerful guy who just happens to uh, align himself with Bobby, which is pretty cool. What, what were you thinking about the, the general, uh, like this—the general way the episodes were letting out, like you know, from from um, Kabido dying to them entering the video game and uh, moving from stage to stage, all that general uh, part of the episodes. Uh, well, it, it was fun seeing the three Saiyans together. It, it was almost like, like you know, two and a half, half men. Like, oh, hey, the two Saiyans. Da, 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 they're going off together. And, you know, they're all, like, playing rock, paper, scissors. And you had three characters who were basically, yeah, they're off to save the world, but they're also having the time of their lives, you know, in these fights. This is what they love to do. No, and Goku and Gohan are, but you just a bit annoyed. Well, yeah. 
Yeah, Vegeta like just wants a, a, a willing challenge or a uh, a trying challenge. Right. But I also like that how they well yeah they got away from the tournament. They immediately get here and it's set up kind of like a tournament. You must progress to the next level. Like, oh, yeah. huh? Okay. I, I I didn't know if that was you know intentional or any type of mirroring, but I kind of caught on to it. And yeah, it's it's definitely set up like a video game. It's, it, I, I do like that though. I, I do like, like you said, I I like the team of Goku, Gohan, and Vegeta because those are those are probably like you know the, the most uh, popular characters in the series besides Piccolo and Trunks. Um, and this is the first time we see like the real the main Saiyan characters, you know, on their own. They, they don't ha- they're not uh, joined by the other characters. It is those three, and they are the most powerful fighters in the planet. So there there is a a, a nice team aspect in these three characters and also like this is something I kind of like just liked in seeing these episodes this time that like their color scheme with Goku being red Vegeta being blue and Gohan being green uh, it really it's a lot more it, it's, it's pleasing to the eye I think at least uh, it was to my eyes I like that they all have individual costumes they're not they're not all in Goku's tunic any longer or Vegeta's armor like I like that oh, Gohan yeah. found his own uniform as a character yeah, I like I like with with the Sandman cape and turban off. I I like him in these clothes, which is a variant of some of the games. I like with the the gloves and the the green tunic and the belt. He, he looks pretty cool here. Like I like this is my favorite look of Gohan, in you know in this part of the series, um, in terms of, like these kind of clothes. Well, I mean I do like I do like him wearing Goku's clothes later on, but I do like this look for Gohan. I think it's pretty awesome. Uh, what I was gonna say is personally I do enjoy what we see from here, but I thought that the anime kind of padded out a bit, and I got kind of, <laughs> I got I got a bit bored by the end of it, I'm not going to lie. Um, Wait, waiting around for the fights to start? Yeah, like, these episodes, I, I enjoyed what was happening when stuff happened. This is one of those things where, like, the original anime's padding and filler really robbed me of my enjoyment of it, and I mean, I, I, I like it, but I didn't like it as much as I used to. Uh... They're, like, like for, the, for the first episode, they, they catch up to Baba D. Uh, Dabura kills Kabito. And that's pretty much everything of importance in that first episode. In the second episode, Vegeta fights Puipi and kills him, like, really early on. And that's pretty much all that for that episode. This is more standing around. In the next episode, Goku fights Yakon and kills him. And that's pretty much all. And, like, you know, they kind of get, get the main stuff out of the way pretty early on. And, like, they kind of just pad out with more filler. And it was kind of a – I kind of had – I'm not going to lie. Like, not – the fact that, like, we had seven episodes to watch, but I did find this a bit of a grind to get through, uh, with this part at least. Um, did that affect you in any way? Were you, were, were, uh, because it was new to you, were you kind of just in for the ride? I was, but I I knew when to kind of zone out and when to get my interest peaked. Like, it seemed like it was following a very formulaic approach. It's like, okay, you know that something's going to happen, and then, oh, it's cutting back to them. They're not fighting it. The characters are just talking. They're kind of sitting there. Right. You, it seems like you got a lot of reaction shots of the Supreme Kai being surprised and shocked at how strong they are. Okay, you just did this. We understand. Yes, that got old very quickly. Yeah, yeah. On one hand, it's it's interesting to see so far anyway the the inverse of normally you know oh the bad guy appearing oh he's way stronger than they ever anticipated and they can't beat him yet. How are they ever going to defeat it? You know, so far it's been, no, the opposite. Like, oh, these guys are way stronger than Bobbity anticipated. Mm-hmm. And how is he going to, you know, raise Majin Buu? 
Yeah, so I, I enjoy that aspect of it, but yeah, it, it did drag on. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. Z Fire's just kicking ass and taking names, but uh, the novelty kind of wore off after after a while. Like it was fun with Vegeta because of his personality, but like I don't know, it, the presentation of the anime really made it really took enjoyment from it, and I blame on the anime more so than the story. Um, it, it was I, I was I was I was bored by the end of it because it just kept on like. This 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 follows pretty closely to the manga, but like the the, the filler of it, like you know, seeing the minions go get Yakon and get, seeing them eating and oh no, he's scary. Did we really think that Yakon's gonna be that that big of a threat? <laughs> he he is a one episode villain. I mean, come on, let's not let's not waste time on this guy. So I mean, it, it's a question of priorities. Again, this is like you know, twenty years ago, so I can I, it's not much you can get angry about. But I, this was sort of thing where like the high of the saga up to this point kind of like started running a little on steam for me. So I was like, can we, can we kind of move on? Can we kind of get to the next part? Now, I wonder how Kai will approach these episodes. That would be a, that would be interesting contrast. That would be a very... I'm, I'm dying to know. I, I saw the episode list today. Like, go on teaches Videla's fly in the second episode of the Boo Saga. <laughs> which is, which is like, you know, like, I mean, I know with Filler, like, he taught her, like, in, the, in like, the 10th or whatever. So, like, uh, they'll definitely... Uh, nickel and dime things, probably, you know, cut it by more than that, but, uh, maybe they'll make it snap a bit. I mean, there were some interesting scenes, like, you know, seeing Chong's and Goten caught by the announcer, but, like, it's not, it, 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 really, the novelty does wear off after after a while, and it's not, because, because, it's one of those things, again, where the characters don't take it that seriously, that does, after a while, wane on your tolerance of being invested, because if they're not taking it seriously, how much, how seriously can you, the reader or viewer take it? I'm, I, I'm, again, I'm, I'm, I don't want to over-exaggerate my feelings on this, but it was sort of like, you know, eh, I'm, I'm ready for the next thing sooner than it came. I agree. I think we're in the same boat. We're, I think generally I have been so excited about this saga that when it does start to drag, it, it kind of makes you even more disappointed and it gets you more antsy for actually seeing the action that you want to see because you are invested into it. Mm-hmm. Especially with the whole, like, you know, Majin Buu is the most dangerous thing we've ever come up against. We'll never... Uh, I think it depends on, like, the quality. Like, if, if you're watching Netflix and you start using the Internet on something else, you can see the quality decrease on Netflix. Like, I swear you can literally see it jumping down, like, to lower resolution. But it'll also start buffering a little more. But typically it's it's fine, but... They used to have it. I mean, when I first started dedicating Netflix, like, kind of bug up a lot. And I was just kind of... Shut everything else off. Um, what was the last thing you heard me say? Do you remember? No. Doesn't really matter. <laughs> I think. Well, I just remember talking about uh, saying that it was the excitement I had built up for the episode is what kind of causes me to even note to notice when it slows down and when it bogs down even more. Right. Yeah. What was going on there? I can fix it in editing. Uh, let's see. Um, oh yeah. Uh, the only, do you have any comments on the fights themselves? Uh, because I, I, I only have one major point, I don't really have much for this. Um, but do you have the fights like, like, the Chief is creepy, Cookie Bridge, Do you have any comments on those themselves? To, to, they were enjoyable. I, I actually liked the design of, uh, Quickly. Uh, for some reason, he, uh, I just liked it. He, he looked similar to the creatures that, uh, Vegeta used earlier in the show. Like, like super early in the Saiyan saga, mm-hmm. um, but he looked he looked alien enough like he could have been one of Frieza's men. Yeah, yeah, he did have that kind of quality to him. Yeah, 
but at the same time, he didn't look like so repetitive like that. It seemed like a lazy design. Uh, the fight scene between him and Frieza or him and uh, Vegeta was awesome, just because you got to see Vegeta being Vegeta and completely owning somebody. Uh, I liked Goku's fight scene with Yarkon just because he outsmarted him, right. which which I like. I like Goku seeing good character traits with Goku and seeing that he's not just a dumb, you know. Hick. Yokel, basically. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's always great. And, like, it was one of the things... And I liked like, that, uh... Yeah, essentially, like, you even kind of see Vegeta was impressed with it. Well, that thing we got to kind of talk about, because it gets lost in translation, but, uh... This right here, uh, when Goku powered up, his hair blew back. This is him becoming... Uh, not becoming, but, like, this is him revealing that he can become Super Saiyan 2. Which I don't... It is? Yeah, it is. And like it's it's really not translated well in the dub, but this is this is him. Like he basically briefly became Super Saiyan two just to give the guy more than he expected and blew him up, and then went back to normal. Like in the briefest instance. And when Vegeta says, "So Kakarot's gotten stronger," that's 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 uh, what he's commenting on. It's 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 not it really is not translated by Funimation very well because they don't com- they don't say that. Um, like in the in the manga. Vegeta says, so Kakarot uh, surpassed the Saiyan wall as well. And this one, he's like, oh, so Kakarot's gotten stronger too. And, like, it doesn't kind of embellish what needs to be said. But, like, yeah, this is, this is hmm. him, Goku showing that he's he's done that by now. But, say, now, is it, has, is it shown to be intentional on Goku's part? Like, is he just trying to make himself stronger, or does he know he, he, he can go to that level? Yeah, I'm I, – I, I, he, um, he pretty much has, has – uh, become Super Saiyan 2 before. This is not him like, like just, just doing it for the first time. It's the first time we see him, but this is not him uh, achieving it for the first time ever. Awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, Funimation. <laughs> uh, I, I like the image of him doing it, because like, you, you can tell the difference because his hair does blow back, so it's a, he, look, he looks a bit different, but it is very slight. I think it's intentionally meant to be slight, but it's not commented on, but yeah, what are you going to do? Uh, we'll, we'll get into all that in due time. Um, plus, plus Vegeta, and Goku, Vegeta has confidence that he and Goku are probably stronger than Gohan is now. That kind of insinuates as to where their levels are. But only time will tell. Um, that's all pretty much I have for this part. Like, I mean, it, when, it, when, it was, when it was good, it was good. Um, but there were parts that really made me kind of like, just kind of bored. I mean, and that, that, that has to do every bit with the anime. Um... Honestly, it does. Uh, I, 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 like you, was, I thought it was really cool when Deborah showed up, kills Kabito, and just turns Krillin and Piccolo to stone. Um, especially when Goku was saying, Krillin, you better leave. Everything's getting dangerous. He's just like, yeah, I have a wife to consider, and wife and child to consider. No, he's not leaving. <laughs> kind of made me laugh, but, uh, besides that, yeah, there's, it, it, it was, it was, it was good, but not great, I thought. Yeah, I agree. I think it had high, it had high highs and low lows. Like, it, Mm-hmm. It was kind of very up and down, very interesting, and then the drop off was pretty low. I concur. Now here's the Black Bomb Show with the wacky name. Let's hear it for beautiful number eighteen. Yo, I got your number, baby. <laughs> hey, number eighteen. Good luck. Next 
We have a guy who was defeated in the first round of the last tournament. Say hello to Mighty Mask! This is it, Goten. Let's give the people a show. Let's do it! He's a force to be reckoned with, it's Killer! <laughs> and last, but certainly not least, this fighter made it all the way to the finals last time he was here. The ladies love him! Here he is, Jewel! In the manga, or in the anime, the anime decides to waste time by having Jaburo says, I must go into my meditation room, and I roll my eyes. Uh. <sighs> okay. He basically just, he does that and he comes out. But, but, but besides that, uh, the Z-Fighters and the other tournament contestants did just leave the tournament, gutting their uh, roster in half. So back at the Tenkaichi Budokai, the announcer and all the officials are wondering what the heck are they going to do with only five fighters, that being Jewel, Killa, Number 18, Mighty Mask, and Mr. Satan. Um, and the crowd's been, the, the last several episodes, the crowd's been very anxious and unruly and pissed that there's been no action. Um, so Mr. Satan has, a, has the idea of saying, why don't we just have a battle royale? We all just slug it out, and whoever's left saying is the winner. And like, oh, that's a great idea. I, I, I never thought anybody would volunteer to fight four people at once. And Mr. Satan's like, oh, crap. Um, <laughs> so, um, at this point, we have uh, the aforementioned fighters, 18, Mighty Mask, Killa, Jewel, all enter the ring with Mr. Satan, and the, the fight is on as they all just they all just basically pick each other off. Um, Jewel, who began hitting on 18 uh, a few minutes, <laughs> gets kicked away. Um, basically, looks like a cousin of Sharpener. Um, the indecipherable Killa said something to Mighty Mask. <laughs> I don't know, because I can't freaking understand that guy. Uh, but he is knocked out as well. And they're both knocked out at the same time, so Mighty Mass, that being Trunks and Goten in disguise, and 18 are left standing. Uh, Mr. Satan thinks that um, he can actually take them down because he doesn't know who they are. Um, but uh, once once the fight starts happening, they ignore him and they just go right for each other. Uh, 18 doesn't know who Mighty Mass is, but uh, Trunks and Goten know her as Krillin's wife, so they're fighting very, very seriously, and they quickly go up into the air. With the entire crowd of Mr. Satan just looking on like, oh, my God. <laughs> um, so uh, 18 is holding – she's obviously older than her own because she's, she's incredibly powerful. But she is having trouble because uh, Chunks and Goten's power you – know, Chunks and Goten's bodies combined make a very unpredictable fighter. So she can't exactly trace his movements. And for some reason, she can't tell us Chunks in that mask, even though it's pretty pretty wide and bellowy. So um, they're, they're fast fighting. Uh, and all of the uh, Z Fighter families are, are in this crowd rooting for Android 18 with, you know, Marin shouting in, in the uh, audience. So at one point. Marin with the worst fake daughter voice actress ever, or actor ever. <laughs> Her voice is pretty bad. <laughs> Sorry, that is, that is probably the worst acting of the show. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, I'm sure the dub version of Kyle will probably improve on that because the kids' voices were a bit better. Um. But um, at one point, 18 knocks Mighty Mask all the way down to the ground, and um, he kind of lands face downwards. So uh, Goten's, like, complaining, I can't see, Trunks, come on, let's switch. So they actually switch, 
and Goten's on top, and Chong is at the bottom. So his arms, which are still short, still pack a punch, and he, by that way, he has a completely different style of fighting, which completely throws 18 off. And they get some pretty brutal hits into her. She gets pissed and just starts blasting at him. And um, with Marin cheering her, cheering, cheering her on from the bottom, she starts taking it a bit more seriously and knocks Ayamats down again. They switch back for so Chunks and Goten. Chunks is at the top and Goten's at the bottom. So she starts attacking by by throwing an energy blast at them, and they start the, the blasts start uh, hitting the tournament grounds. And the entire time, she's just just standing there scared. Uh, Chunks has the idea to go Super Saiyan, so they power up. And with that, they clue in. They, they that gives the clue for eighteen to, to realize who they are. Um, so, they start, they, they charge up a gigantic energy blast and shoot it at, completely missing, but form a mushroom cloud outside of the tournament, tournament grounds. So she says, okay, I need to end this quickly before it drags on too long or I actually get hurt. So, <laughs> stealing her husband's move, she uses a destructo disc and decides to call them out saying, I know who you are, Chunks and Goten. So they're like, we're busted! And she, she throws the destructo disc at them. They go these, they start fleeing their separate ways. <laughs> I love this. Um, and which, which slices the costume in half. The tournament announcer is horrified. And, um, and yeah, he thinks somebody just got, you know, replicated. <laughs> and then Chi Chi and Boomer are like, what the hell? Is that Chunks and Gouchin up there? And the entire time, Master Roche is like, yes, I've been knowing who they are the whole time. And there's a painting of him, like, like cross hatching style, as though he's some dramatic master. So, um, Oh, Master Roshi has a great moment here <laughs> in these episodes. He, he is awesome. I, I will absolutely give you that. Uh, Chunks and Goten are like, oh, man, she knows who we are. Well, we got to finish this. So 2 and one they, they begin to battle 18 and fighting ferociously before the tournament actually says, hey, get out of there. You're disqualified. There's no 2 on one fights. Because they, they, you know, they weren't actually Mighty Mask. And T.T. and Bomber are like, yelling, like, get your black asses down here. But, um, uh, Chunks and Goten not wanting to be disciplined just fly away. So um, that leaves 18 as the sole competitor to fight Mr. Satan. Mr. Satan, who's just seen how fast and how hard she can fight, <laughs> is completely terrified. So he's hoping that he can at least survive this. He has no hopes of winning, as, as he shouldn't. And everyone's start, everyone, people start rooting for 18 because she's uh, an unknown fighter that they've never seen before. So she... Uh, she charges to uh, Mr. Satan. He flips out because he thinks he's going to die. She gets him a bit of a headlock saying, hey, you want to keep your reputation? Do you want to win? Then here's the deal. I'll take a dive if you pay me 20 million zenny. <laughs> Black million. <laughs> yeah, 10 million for the, the, uh, the winnings and 10, minute out of his, 10 million out of his personal account. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, I'd rather, I'd, rather, I'd rather pay than die. So she says, all right, then it's settled. So she kind of, like, flies backwards and thinks that he's a, this big martial arts master. And says, ah, you're going down now? So he starts attacking her, and she doesn't budge at all. All that's moving is her hair being blown back by the by the pitiful nature of his punches. Um, he kind of tosses it over his head and says he's releasing his ultra attack at the Satan Miracle Special Ultra Megaton Punch. He knocks her square in the face. She doesn't budge an inch. <laughs> She's like, is that all you have? And he's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> so she kind of just like, she's like, why do I get myself into these things? And just flies out of bounds. So um, at the disappointment of, of the Z-Fighters families, at the total confusion of them, and the uh, the thrill of the rest of the audience, 
Mr. Satan has defended his title, and he is the champion of the world tournament. So he's like, yeah, yeah, I, I perfected my move of delaying an attack. But, but, but as, he's, as he's, like, you know, kind of, like, yelling away, she walks by and says, so, we have a deal. I come by tomorrow and collect the money, or I'll kill you. <laughs> so he's like, I understand. Meanwhile, Chunks and Goten are flying away, annoyed that the tournament was a big bust, when they run into Videl flying back. Videl explains to them what's been going on with Gohan and the others, and she explains to them the plot of Majin Buu. And Chunks and Goten are absolutely, like, totally set beside themselves with excitement and thrill. Did you hear that? Genies? Wizards? Monsters? We get to save the world! So they, they like, completely are just, this is way more cooler than a dumb tournament, so they quickly charge the Super Saiyan and just shoot off flying away towards uh, where the others are. Um, Gabura walks out, out of his meditation room, and um, Gohan elects that he's going to fight him. He doesn't want any help from Goku or Vegeta. So Babidi transports him to another part of the planet where they have free reign to fight. Uh, Gohan, at this point, is in his normal state, and he holds his own well enough against Deborah. Deborah uh, attacks him at one point, flies him backwards through a set of mountainous rocks, but Gohan emerges as a Super Saiyan. And the fight will continue next month. So, Jesse, uh, the end of the tournament, uh, or so it would appear, <laughs> what were you thinking about that, the whole Mighty Mass 18 fight? And uh, that's, that's pretty much the bulk of the episode, so what were you thinking about that in general? I really liked the fight. I thought it was uh, it was fun, and just uh, seeing the unpredictable style of the characters was interesting. And we haven't seen 18 fight uh, in the whole saga yet, right? essentially. Uh, I thought it was... It, I, I liked when she finally caught on. Like, duh, you know, <laughs> you can you should be able to see that this is Trunks. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> I agree. And I also liked uh, the Master Roshi. Was it was it in this episode that the screen goes dark while he's thinking, and then it pans out and reveals that he's hired like these people to carry like a a black <laughs> screen behind him for the effect. Oh, look at this! <laughs> That's like one of the most. This is almost like fourth ball breaking joke since Gohan said, "Hey guys, curling grew hair." Like I was, I I I had no idea. I had I don't remember that at all. Like, I was like, "What the hell?" <laughs> Master Roshi was pretty awesome in the episode. I'll, I will absolutely give him that. He was hilarious. So he was he was, he was pretty cool. Um, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, I was actually expecting this to be a bit of a bore. For, I, I kind of went and like, "All right, here's you know more Mister Satan hijinks. He doesn't want to lose. He's, he's afraid to die." Here we go. And not only did it go by quicker than I was expecting, but it was it was a lot of fun to watch. I agree. I thought that, like, uh, Gojin and Chunks versus 18 is actually a really good matchup because you don't know immediately who might win. I mean, 18 probably should win because she has more fighting experience. Because if you remember, she was she, she was a lot more powerful than... um. Hold on a second. Hold on one second. You okay? Yeah, just someone came in the room. Oh, okay. Uh, she was she was more powerful than uh, Goku and, and uh, Piccolo and Vegeta back in the Android saga. Like, she was more powerful than Super Saiyan, so she does have a lot of power power with her. So I think that like the matchup was pretty cool, but it was also fun to kind of just seeing her like you know fight as a good guy and fighting like you know like like, like 
who she doesn't know is another is another good person. You know, Beth being Chunk and Goten. It was fun, and, and I really I really enjoyed her seeing kind of like being. I don't want to say prideful, but like you know, enjoying the cheers from the crowd and enjoying her daughter cheering her on. It, it added it added a different layer to her, which I, I enjoyed. It's something we haven't seen before, which I liked. And it's something that like the boost like keeps on giving us like different aspects of the characters, which we can kind of like are privy to see. Um, I mean, there's nothing much really I have, I have more than that. Although I just my favorite part is in this entire batch of episodes is the ending between. Her and Mighty Mask, I that that whole bit I I loved because it was just so, it was funny as hell. Like she she like uh she she outs them. They oh no she knows who we are. She's gonna cut them cut them in half. They, as as idiot kids they go the opposite way, which uh, which makes it easier for them to be cut in half. The announcer's like oh my god they're dead, <laughs> and then like the the mother's like wait a minute that's Gojo and Trunks. And um, when they fly away, they said, your tournament sucked. <laughs> they like, dropped the mic, peace, we're out. <laughs> I, that, that, that was, I love that. That was cool. I, that that kind of like made it all worth it for me, to be honest. Um, it, I think it was great characterization. I loved that part. Yeah. Like, I, I, liked, I liked how uh, when they switched up, uh, the announcer was like, you know, oh, Mighty Mask, are you ready to give up? And when Goten was on top, he says, I never give up. He just kind of flies away all heroically. But when they switch back to Trunks, Trunks just flies at 18 and starts attacking, which is a nice, that was a nice bit of a characterization. Um, I don't have much to say about the, uh, the, uh, 18 and Mr. Satan plot. I will say, though, that this is not really big of a spoiler, but I will say that this actually is a plot that's carried over into, um, the 11th movie. Movie Eleven. Um, I, would, I won't say the, who the villain is in that one, but like it does. Fo- Eighteen is a focus on that one, and she pretty much is chasing Mister Satan for money. Which I will admit, that's always a bit of a weird part of characterization that they kind of that Toriyama kind of gave her out of nowhere. Like because she, she entered for money anyway, and it's it's a bit unexpected that this character would be concerned with, with that kind of material gains. I suppose. I mean, it's just, it's just, well, she does have a family, and I doubt Krillin, you know, does anything for a living. Yeah, I think Master Roshi actually said if she wins, they can finally pay the rent, <laughs> which is cool. You finally start paying rent. <laughs> They've been mooching there for God knows how long. That's, that's fair enough. But like the way she kind of goes about it is, it's, it's like a, it's like an enforcer, which is funny, but it's just not not an aspect of uh, her personality that you would imagine. But I, mean, I, I do like it, and like kind of it going on. Um, did you have any comments about the whole Mr. Satan bit? Uh, no, I thought it was in keeping with his character. Like, I I assumed he was going to end up winning somehow. Like, having his you know keeping his cover from being blown somehow, because that's just what the character does. He's sneaky. Yeah, I, having seen him take the credit from Gohan in both the Cell games and Movie Nine, it would have been like a real change up if he if he somehow was outed as a, as a jerk. But um. I do like his 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 imagination of you know Madel saying, "Gosh, Dad, you're such a loser," <laughs> which that's pretty much not 100 miles away from how she's feeling right now. Anyway, <laughs> so I thought that was cool, um, and I and I really really liked Goten and Trunks being excited when Videl tells him about Majin Buu. I mean, this episode reminded me why I like Goten and Trunks so much, and why I think that like along with Videl, they are a breath of fresh air for the series because like. Like, when Gohan was a kid, you know, he didn't have time to get a lot of really excited about stuff. They have, like, childlike glee and, like, everything that's really dangerous and serious. And, the Z- yeah, and they have 
friends and peers. Like Go- Gohan didn't have that. He had curling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. So I thought that was it was just really, really. F- they 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 add a lot of exuberance and excitement that the Z fighters tend not to by by way of their personality. Like a genie, a monster. That that, that was cool. I I I, I like that a lot. I, I like them, but as a duo, then I might like them as separate characters. And I thought that that uh these episodes were an, an example of that. Um, that's pretty much all I have for, for this, really. I mean, again, these are a lot of episodes for us to watch, but I, I didn't find there was too much to talk about. Do you have anything else? Mm, I'm trying to think. No, I mean they they kind of uh, like I said, they were high and they were low. They either breezed by or they drug on. <laughs> and yeah. a lot of it was fighting, but I mean, all the fighting was good, and entertaining. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think and the character moments we had, I liked. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, the dead spots kind of kind of took it took it down for a notch. So I really want to want to see where it goes now that that obstacle is kind of out of the way. That setup. Oh, the tournament. Well, yeah, that and you know the the beating the three levels of the video game. <laughs> Final boss, or like you know, like like, like the 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 the, center, the mini boss or whatever. Before you reach Sigma or Dr. Wily or whatever <laughs> you get to. Um, They're not joking around. That energy blast would have blown up this entire stadium. Maybe I've been underestimating them. They could be dangerous. I'd better end this match now before it really gets out of control. I think it's time you let me win, Trunks and Goten. <laughs> oh man, we're busted! <laughs> fights in the series list, but they were still fun to watch. They were still enjoyable. But, <laughs> I, I'm not sure if I can say this for the first of episodes. Um, no, although I, I didn't hate them, but like, I can't say it for the second episode that like my time was wasted. And it, it was an easy question to answer. What exactly happened to the tournament now that the, the characters were gone? That, the, you probably do one one through that, so there you go for that. But yeah, that was, yeah, it was fun for what it was. Now, I agree. The uh, the next set of episodes will take place uh, in Dragon Ball Z original episodes 230 through 233. Manga chapters, Dragon Ball Z manga um, 261 
through 265. That should be it. If it's wrong, I'll, I'll just change it and listen page. Otherwise, I'll say that. Um, we shall cover A Wicked Soul Revealed, Vegeta's Pride, and Countdown. So that's our episode coming speedily to a conclusion. <laughs> um, uh, Jesse, any final thoughts or, any, or anything that you're excited to see from here on out, let's say? Uh, now that we're kind of we're on the eve of Gohan fighting Deborah, anything that you're, you're interested in seeing for next month? I want to see that fight. I want to see <laughs> I want to see Gohan be t or tested, and I, I really want to see uh, you know see the bad guy. I want to see how he, he if he holds up to what we've kind of been promised. Because I, like you said, I do like the design, and I do like. Just the, the idea of the character and kind of the description we've gotten, and he's already been shown to be pretty powerful. So, I think that could be really cool. And uh, he, I think he's gonna be much more memorable than you know the other two people that that, that we covered in fights. Oh yeah, definitely. In this episode. So. Here's to, here's to remembering their names. <laughs> uh, awesome. So this is the uh, second episode of the month of April for 2014. I hope you guys enjoyed both of our episodes. The Moon Prism Podcast April Fool's Special and the month of April where we covered the Mighty Mask 18 fight and the entering of uh, Babadi's Stronghold. Next month we shall get into a lot of fun stuff. I'll just I'll say I'll say no more. It, it gets really good. I will say that. Or at least I remember it does. It could suck. But uh, here's hoping it doesn't. So for this and next month's episode, this has been the Next Dimension Dragon Ball Z Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Adios. Thank you for listening to The Next Dimension, a Dragon Ball Z podcast. You can find the show and leave feedback at dbznextdimension.lipson.com or write in for emails at dbznextdimension at hotmail.com. If you like what we're doing, please send in feedback at iTunes or like us on Facebook. Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball GT, and Dragon Ball Kai are all owned by Funimation, Toy Animation, Fuji TV, and Akira Toriyama. Dragon Ball is created by Akira Toriyama. Next time on The Next Dimension, we will cover A Wicked Soul Revealed, Vegeta's Pride, and Countdown. See you then. are farther ahead of us than I thought. We'll have to move faster to catch them. No problem, but hold on just a second. How are you holding up back here, Videl? I wish I were as good at this as you are. I can't go on.
Gohan, I can't keep my eyes open. I'm just holding you guys back. You're just not used to the wind yet. You'll get there with practice. Don't worry about it. But you're probably right. It'd be better if you go back. It's starting to look like one of those days that could get really dangerous. If it turns out like that, then I want you to take care of yourself. For me, okay? Yeah, you've got it. Be careful flying back, and when you get there, could you be sure to tell my mom and my brother what's going on? They're probably worried. No problem. But tell me something. The gold fighter, it was really you, right? Yes. I I'm sorry I lied to you. I, I just didn't want everyone to know. So seven years ago, that strange group of people that showed up during the fight with Cell, that was you guys. And you were the little boy that was with them, weren't you? Mm-hmm. Then my father wasn't the one who beat Cell, was he? No, it was you. Yes, it was. I knew it. I always had a feeling about that. It just seems strange to me that my father was capable of that kind of strength. And now it all makes sense. I'm glad I know the truth. Thank you, Gohan. Now go. Go and be a hero again. <laughs> Good luck, Gohan! I'll be waiting for you when you get back! Bye! <laughs> Are you finished? Yep. Thanks for waiting up. We need to hurry, Gohan. We have a lot of ground to cover. Right! Come back, because I'm not finished with you yet, Gohan.